Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, 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 Lord. Well, hello there. My name is Tom Chick. This is the Quarter to Three podcast, and I'm Jason Master. That's right. And we are also joined by Greg. We didn't tell you you were going to have to introduce yourself. Oh, I, hey, I'm Greg. <laughs> no, you're not just Greg. That's you right, have right. a couple of. Uh, you're also uh, dive, dive, dive. I like saying it that way on the <laughs> Xbox 360. Yep. And uh, on Quarter to Three, you are Pogue Mahone. Yep, that's me. That band, by the way. The Pogue Mahones. It's a favorite of mine. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm seeing the Pixies next Wednesday, Tom. So. Uh, quit showing off, jerk. God. <laughs> Greg, have you ever seen the... How many times have you seen the Pixies live, Greg? Three. Are you serious? I'm serious. But oh, I only my second. I only saw them when they got back together. I never saw them... Oh, well, yeah, me yeah. too. But I, I, I didn't either. Yeah, I was too young, unfortunately, when they came through town. I cannot believe I am I am the, first of all I'm the biggest Pixies fan on this podcast. You guys could have jumped Lake. Second of all, I'm the guy on this podcast who's seen them the least. How does that happen? No, no, I've seen them equally as much as you. No, I've only seen them once. You said you've seen them twice. Oh, I will have seen them twice. Oh, so I'll enjoy it while it lasts. My my parrot yes. with with Jason P. McMaster. All right. I have every Pixies vinyl at this point. Well, who doesn't? Ooh. Oh, you mean actual the physical vinyl? Oh yes. Does it sound warmer? Yes, and the CDs. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Greg, I apologize by the way in advance if I call you George on this podcast because I, for some reason I keep wanting to do that, uh, but I'll, I'll try to refrain. You, uh, before we get to our format, you are a giant movie nerd. Is that right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I love oh, that good. about you. Uh, yes, we can talk movies. Good. Yeah. yeah well, well, McMaster's going to pick some really old black and white. Oh movie. God! But what would be your movie of the week, Greg or George? Uh, I'm good with whatever you want to call me. Uh, my movie of the week, I guess. Uh, I did watch one last night. Um, okay. It's it's the Horde. You seen that? Yeah, that French thing. Eh, the French thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. It was almost like watching a, a crime thriller and then, whoa, zombies. <laughs> right. It, it sort of felt like the kind of thing that a bunch of friends who were into zombie movies and into heist movies, they got together and they're like, hey, let's make a movie. What kind of movie should we make? Uh, a zombie movie. Meets a heist movie. Go. Yeah. They were, I will, I will give them this. They were very enthusiastic. Yeah. The, the, the old guy seemed to be enjoying himself. Yeah. Uh, Jason P. McMaster, have you seen The Horde, or do you not do movies with subtitles? No, I, I like movies with subtitles. I have not seen The Horde, though. All right. Uh, why, how, uh, Greg, did you come across this thing? I think I was just kind of going through my uh, Netflix queue and looking at stuff that they threw up as recommendations. And I, I uh, like yourself, I think I watch way too many crap movies that are, that are good for me, and uh, lots of zombie movies. And if you... Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it's just that I think I just saw that one and said, oh, all right, why not? French zombie movie. I'll give hey, that a if go. If you want to see a, a zombie movie from the uh, European <laughs> Commonwealth, from someplace <laughs> where they have Euros, uh, <laughs> I recommend one called Rambach. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, it's it's kind of way it's, it's spelled like R-A-M-M, 
B-O-C-K. And it's some very German. Yes, yes. If you say it like it's German. McMaster, can you say that like you're a German border crossing guard asking me for my papers? Rombach. <laughs> you didn't sound harsh enough. You sounded... Rombach! There you go. When you first did it, you sounded more like some Viennese composer. The second time, exactly right. But Rambach is sometimes listed as Siege of the Dead, uh, and I, I recommend that as far as like Euro zombie movies. Uh, all right. Um, all right, McMaster, what's your movie of the week? Hmm. A valid question. Um, actually, weirdly enough, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Eh, okay. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that yet. Wait a minute. You're a big movie nerd, Greg. How have you not seen Tarantino's most recent movie? You know what's funny is uh, my wife and I have just completely opposite taste in movies, and I, I will only rarely actually go out and see them in the theater. So most of the stuff I see, it's I catch it at home on, I don't know, HBO or, or Netflix or something, and I just I haven't gotten to that one yet. Okay. I, I mean to, yeah. Uh, it's worth getting to. McMaster, what did you think of it? What, how, what's your feeling on uh, Inglorious Bastards? Oh, I, I, I'm very fond of Inglorious Bastards. It's uh, it's totally not what I expected, of course, the first time I saw it. It was, um, it's it's so weird. You know, it's... Don't spoil it's it. Lang- it's, you know, okay. It's language. <laughs> you Basically, can spoil it. I, it's I don't not, care. No, it's not a, that's not a spoiler. It's just a movie about nuance, I'd say, really. It's not what anyone would expect, I think, from the trailers. And that's one of the things I love about it is when it does unexpected things. Uh, Also, um, I don't know that this is always the case with Tarantino's movies. Like his weaker movies, it's not the case. But Inglorious Bastards has a fantastic payoff. Yes, it does. It Um, really does. So uh, I recommend it, and don't give up on it, because you'll miss the payoff. Also, uh, I love Michael Fassbender, Fassbinder. I don't even know how to say his name, but I love that guy. Oh, the German uh, soap opera guy? No. The, the... Christopher Waltz, of course, is great. Uh, Michael oh, Fassbender yeah, that's his name. Is the, he's the British commando fella who played Magneto. Oh, he's, he's, in, a, he's in a movie called Fish Tank. Uh, but I love, I love that actor. Uh, oh, I love that scene. I love that British yes, scene. Yes, yes. They give him his orders. It's fantastic. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> All right, so you're in for two treats, Greg. We've recommended cool. Rambach and Inglorious Bastards, so you got your work cut out for you. Okay. Now, uh, I happen to know, because you told me, you now have plenty of time <laughs> to watch movies. At least you will up until November 15th, right? That's right. You don't have to go into work tomorrow, right? That's right. Because you start a new job on November 15th. I do. Because you ditched those jerks over at Microsoft, right? <laughs> those jerks. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just in the throes of a Microsoft-related customer relations nightmare thing right now, so I'm I calling them uh, jerks. You didn't have anything to do with my, my Microsoft points, $50 of Microsoft points getting stolen out of my account, did you? I think that was the guy the office across from me. Okay. <laughs> my, my, my bad. I should have told him to leave yours alone. Well, you're not there anymore. You are going to now join your wife in the healthcare industry, yes? That's right. Nice work. Uh, yep. you, you guys are now part of uh, – are you both part of Obamacare? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> then I'll take that as a no. Oh, okay. Uh, so between now and uh, November 15th, you got a good two weeks ahead of you. What, without getting into things about your game of the week or whatnot uh, – uh-huh. Very busy time of year. What is on the agenda to get done before November 15th, like gaming-wise? 
Oh, gaming wise, I got so much stuff on my plate. I mean, I've got the the standard uh, massive Steam backlog that I think is pretty much par for the course for everyone on the forum. Um, I got, I just picked up uh, the new Batman game. I'm just getting it going into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just the other day, I, this is a game that I remember you were being pretty high on. Um, I, I got the Lost Planet Two on mm. sale. So, yes, McMaster and I are both official fans of Lost Planet 2. Okay. I, I, I saw a lot of, like, back... Some reviews didn't seem so great, and some... You're one of them. It's a really cool game, so I figured 10 bucks. Ah, screw it. I can swing that. So we'll see. Good. Uh, oh, man. What else have I got? Uh, now, I know one thing you're not going to be playing, uh, and that's Uncharted 3, because you don't have a PS3 because you worked for Microsoft, or what? What's going on no, there? You don't have a it, PS3. It, it, that, no. Actually, the reason I don't have a PS3 is because last generation, I owned everything. I, I had the, a GameCube, I had Xbox, I had a PS2, and I just there was no way... To, to give all of them equal time. So I said, this time around now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pick one. I'm going to stick with it. Very good. Uh, so I, I don't have a PS3. I don't have a Wii. Um, I, so I'm a little bit more focused, although I still seem to buy just as many games somehow. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't... I, 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 to be honest with you, I miss Ratchet & Clank. I wish I could still play those games. Um, I, and I think the Uncharted game looks really cool, but I, I know nothing about it. Uh, I will say that um, I don't think you you can call yourself a Ratchet and Clank fan if you haven't played uh, Kraken Time. Destruction's pretty good too. It's pretty good, but I really think that. Am I screwing up the order? Kraken Time is the last one. Is that right, McMaster? Uh, That's yeah. They just came out with one, I think. No, All for One doesn't count. That that wasn't even that was Insomniacs. They farmed that out to a separate studio. Uh, Oh, okay. It it shows, but uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, a crack in time is, I think, hands down the best Ratchet and Clank game that's ever been made. And I hate to tell you that, Greg, because you don't have a PS3. Uh, um, but I, I, I think, yeah, oh, McMaster, you haven't even played it. Yeah, I think that is like it's kind of like a lot of times as as games get drawn out over time, they maybe lose a little creative energy. Like, say, Uncharted, but we'll get into that later. Um, but Ratchet and Clank, the last Ratchet and Clank that Insomniac did, it's just such like a culmination of everything they were trying to go for. And it's just such a great, fantastic, generous, well-done package. And even the story is good and the ending is good, which is so rare in a video game. And uh, uh, so uh, I hate to tell you that, but there, there you have it, Greg. Well, maybe, you know, maybe in a couple of years when PS3 costs... 50 bucks. Maybe right. I'll go and scoop up a lot of these things. Right. And then it can sit on the shelf with your Steam backlog. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get into our format. Uh, Greg, we have asked you here today because we want you to tell us what your game of the week, your news story, and your post of the week are. Are you prepared? I'm all set, man. All right. McMaster, how about you be in charge of what order we do, which topic, and who goes first. Well, like any good leader, I shouldn't ask anybody to do something I wouldn't do myself. So I'll go first this time. And you know what? I'm going to pick news because I've been wanting mm. to tell you this. Since I don't know if you heard this or not, but Techland registered Dead World today as a trademark. Mm. What do you think that means? I don't know. <laughs> But 
it does kind of sound like maybe somebody wants to follow up on a pretty big hit success. Oh, that that reminds me. I, I also have Dead Island in my backlog. That's a uh, good time. Yeah, you should get on that. Now, McMaster, your main character was Sam B. My oh. main character was... Logan or whatever, right? You know what? It, yeah, but I'm also... I spent a lot of time uh-huh. on the... <laughs> what are you laughing at him for? What's wrong with him? He's uh, good. <laughs> He's the drunken dick. I know. Everybody hates- <laughs> well, things, I, I, I spent a lot of time with... I want. I keep wanting to say Purina, and that's it's like Perna or whatever the the gun Perna, shooter. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, oh, you mean the feminist whore? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. So, Greg, we need you when you play to be the hot Asian uh, katana. Sean. Oh, yeah. I like where this is going. So, to, <laughs> so to round out our party, that's the character we need you to start up. Uh, uh, hey, I'm I'm flexible. All I right, mean, so yeah, I can be whatever character. And uh, I'm flexible. Dead world. Uh, McMaster registered. So when can we play this game, McMaster? Uh, next uh, Thursday, I believe. Your six or higher. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing to do. It comes out right before Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Uh, so, uh, McMaster, where would you like to see a Dead Island sequel go? Like, uh, you and I are huge fans of Dead Island. Uh, when you think, hey, they're going to do another one, they've registered Dead World. Uh, what kind of things do you hope that they'll do next time? When, oh, man. You know, it's kind of hard to say because Dead Island was like a really cool setting. And, you know, we've done zombies in the city. We've done zombies in the south. We've done zombies in, you know, the northeast. We've done zombies in a lot of places, basically, at this point. Zombies are World War II games, basically, so... I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, hell, didn't Call of Duty put one on the moon, for God's sakes? <laughs> You're right. So, if zombies have gone to space. That's a good point, McMaster. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't even know. Maybe the lost city of Atlantis. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> terrible. Uh, Egypt? No, I, I have no idea. You know? Well, you kind of wonder, uh, are, they, are they thinking dead world uh, because... They just want a bigger setting, or do they want to do a World War Z kind of global approach? Like, here's the Japan level, here's the London level, here's the Philippines level, here's the New York level. I I don't know. Like, maybe that's where they're going. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, hey, if it was made by Rockstar, I'd know where it it would be going. (laughs) Hey, thanks for scooping my news story of the week. (laughs) Ha ha! So I, I... I, the things that I hope they will deal with, I do kind of... McMaster, we talked before when you had uh, picked uh, Dead Rising um, off the record as one of your games of the week. We talked before about can that Dead Rising model of, you know, 100 zombies on screen at once, can you still go back to that when you're just like mowing down zombies and they're kind of inconsequential? Can you go back to that after playing Dead Island? Because, and Greg, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but what Dead Island does is it gives you fewer zombies but makes combat with each one more meaningful. It's very difficult. It's very difficult, and it's a it's a challenge. It's a handful. You think you've got a handle on a couple of zombies, and then one appears behind you, and then there's that that oh crap moment. They did such a good job with their combat model, with fewer zombies, uh, that I kind of felt well, Dead Rising isn't going to be any fun after that. It's it's you know just sort of mowing through a bunch of zombies with a goofy weapon. That's not going to hold up. However. Having gone back and spent a fair amount of time with Dead Rising 2 off the record, uh, I want to retract that reservation. They're different 
enough approaches, and I think they're both valid. So if Techland goes forward with a sequel that sort of opens up into the wider world, I hope they'll also look at how to capture some of that just sort of glee of hacking through 100 zombies. I mean, I, I do kind of miss that, that, that gleeful aspect of Dead Rising. Uh, And and just seeing those overbearing numbers, there's a lot of spectacle in Dead Rising when you see 100 zombies, and and that never really happens in Dead Island. So maybe Techland, I I don't know. I mean, I guess their engine can't do that, uh, but I'd like to see them push the number of zombies we can get on screen at once. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, All right, so uh, Dead World, uh, how do you feel about that name, Greg? I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I, I like the idea of, uh, like, I, like I said, I've only played just a little bit of Dead Island, but the, you know, taking it up in, in scope um, sounds like kind of a natural progression. I wouldn't mind seeing what they, what they do with that. And I'm kind of surprised that name isn't taken. I mean, I hear that name and I'm like, well, yeah, of course. <clears throat> and nobody has used Dead World. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, according to McMaster, this will be out next Thursday, right before. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, take a look out for it. <laughs> you're you're a filthy liar. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a mean thing to, to tell us. Uh, all right, so uh, good on Techland. Uh, I'm glad that's done well for them, uh, and I'm glad to hear that you know it's not an announced sequel, but it, it does kind of imply that one is on the way, and we can see a little bit of where they're going. All right, good choice. Now, all right. Since I uh, scooped you, I think it's your turn, Tom. Well, uh, I guess no one. So okay, so it's of course the the little teaser trailer that Rockstar released for Grand Theft Auto V. Um, all we really know is that they are revisiting the San Andreas location, which is this Southern California approximation. Um, we can tell from the trailer, of course, there's Los Angeles, but you also see people hiking in. I don't know, what are those mountains? The Sierras? Big Bear? I don't know what that's supposed to be. You see some out of the traditional city locations. So I presume rather than just doing what they did with Grand Theft Auto 4, where it's focused on one city, that they're also doing the outlying areas. Maybe they'll fold in a little bit of their Red Dead Redemption locations, you know, that that more rural area, with the Grand Theft Auto 4 type city, which I think is very exciting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, Um, yeah. So you guys both saw the trailer, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, any moments from the trailer that that really struck you, Greg? Did anything leap out at you? I, I thought I saw a couple of airplanes. So mm. I wonder if they're putting piloting back in. Oh, you mean back in because in a, it wasn't in, a, in, in Red Dead Redemption or or, or GTA Four? <laughs> well, there was there were helicopters in GTA Four. Sure, but there's no. You're right. Planes. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I just I I wonder. If it's going to be a giant uh, uh, game world like uh, like San Andreas, you know that was what three cities, or if yeah. it's just going to be focusing on the one like uh, like uh, GTA Four did. But well, yeah, you, know, I, well, you are right. You do have a good point in that there. If you were to get in an airplane in GTA Four, it would be over pretty quickly. <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're right. The the the, it, the fact that we see airplanes makes me think that there might be room to actually fly them. So that that's a very good point, Greg. Yes. But the only thing that that uh, bothers me just slightly is it looks like we're going back to mob guys and I'm, i know uh, god mob guys and heights <laughs> yeah i'm kind of over that <laughs> uh, uh mcmaster what struck you from the trailer uh it you know i'm excited to see vinewood and uh, you know all that because i really love san andreas with the the characters 
Good God. You know, I mean, I understood, like, Nico, and I understood, I guess, even Tommy for his time, and CJ. I, I really like, you know, some of those characters, but it's like, these guys seem generic. It seems like, you know, well, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like they're revisiting the same old thing. Well, I I mean, they, they have enough of a twist with how they start the characters off and their basic approach to the characters. Like, I think Nico, as a Serbian war, uh, not a refugee, but he's fleeing from the, the, the war over there. Right. Uh, I, I think James Marsden, you know, the way they unfold... Did I get his name right? James Marston, yeah. The way they John unfold Marston. John Marston. Whoops. That was a minor that was a minor spoiler. I apologize. But the way <laughs> the way they unfold his story and his relationship to his family, even LA Noir, where you see, you know, that was obviously Team Bondi, the Australian group, but you can see Rockstar's fingerprints all over that. The way they unfolded the stories and the characters uh, in, in LA Noir, even when Rockstar games don't quite work and I feel like they've squandered cool characters. They are nevertheless pretty cool characters, so I hope they have. Uh, and what's the name of the guy in San Andreas? CJ, isn't his name CJ? Oh, I love yeah. CJ. Yeah. So, so you know, I even though when it doesn't always work, I look forward to what kind of stuff Rockstar is going to do with their characters. And I, I just they they've been getting better and better, and I I hope that this is the next in a sequence that goes from Nico to John Marston to Kelso, to whatever they do in, in Grand Theft Auto 4. So, 5, I mean. So as excited as I am about the location, I also, even though I have reservations, I'm excited to see where they're going to take a character this time. Now, I would like to see, uh, I was just thinking about this recently, I would like to see one of those games placed or set in something that, like, isn't New York or L.A. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's like, it's kind of, well, I guess what Miami wants. But, like, it, it, same deal. It's just like a giant city. Yeah, what's, I, I, what's wrong with Sioux Falls, Iowa, for instance? <laughs> yes. Grand Theft Auto Sioux Falls, Iowa is an exciting concept. But, no, like, it's just you know, some other part of the country. Well, you know what? Let me, let me roll this out. Uh, one of my favorite movies from last year uh, was a period piece. It had a very definite sense of location. Uh, it was based on a Jim Thompson novel. Uh, it's called The Killer Inside Me, a movie directed by Michael Winterbottom, starring Casey Affleck. Really grim, noir, dark stuff. Um, I, I I would love to see you know something like that, like do a modern day like Dallas setting or or something, or someplace in Texas, sure. or a period piece in Texas. I mean, there there are all kinds of cool things they could do. Uh, and I agree with you, McMaster. Yeah, let's get out of L.A. Let's get out of New York at some point. But and it's it's not like I, I don't understand why. You know, it, it's not like there's a. I mean, there's there are very few cities that have like that just immediate you know recognition. You know, they're easy to place. They're full of easy to pick on stereotypes. You know, landmarks and whatnot as well. Yeah. Right. You know, but. Nobody, just, wants, yeah. nobody wants to blow up the city hall in Sioux City, Iowa. <laughs> I'd like to blow up the Grand Ole Opry, though. See, I think I think they could roll the Grand Ole Opry in there somewhere. I like your thinking. McMaster, by the way, you mentioned earlier we've had zombies in the south. Like there was a zombie yes. game in the south. What was that? Left for Dead 2. Oh, no, you're right. Of course, right. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, it's like Atlanta and uh, Alabama and uh, and. Uh, New Why Orleans. can't Rockstar do like like Valve does exactly? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I don't. I, real quick, that that reminds me. One of my favorite things. I wasn't crazy about the game, but I loved that Infamous Two was set in uh, in New Orleans. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, like, uh, we were having a discussion about this on the on the forum about, you know, different places for it, and people keep bringing up New Orleans, and, like, it can be a good setting. I don't know if it would make a great Grand Theft Auto, though, because, like, the reality of New Orleans and what people imagine it to be are two, <laughs> two well, distinct things. And that's <laughs> one of the things, though, because Rockstar sort of makes fictional equivalents of places. Well, that's true, yeah. And, and can... that's that's what Sucker Punch did with Infamous, too. It wasn't technically New Orleans. I forgot what they called it. But uh, you, you just sort of are inspired by a real place, and then that gives you the freedom to do some flights. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a really cool idea. I, I, I grew up in Louisiana myself, so I would I would love to play a, some kind of New Orleans GTA or something yeah, like that. I would like to see something in the South. I would like to see, like, New Orleans. I mean, maybe a combination of several cities, you know, like Memphis and, you know, whatever. So you could have, like, a Graceland. And I think that would be a lot of fun. But uh, Or, I mean, hell, the Midwest, you know, whatever, Chicago would be a great setting, you know. Yeah. Or Can- Canada, some of the larger Canadian cities, you know. Canada? What? Well, they're very polite, I guess. <laughs> they'd they'd so, be yeah. much too polite to steal your car. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hey, can you get out of that? <laughs> uh, no? No, okay. <laughs> okay. Can you give me a lift to the hockey game? Eh? <laughs> uh, I want to float an idea that might be in poor taste, so you guys tell me if I need to check this. But uh, I remember the, uh, was it Mercenaries 2? Or there, there was a Mercenaries game that was like set in... Was it was it North Korea? I forget what the deal was, but the idea was that it was a war zone, and there were different factions That's, there. Mercenaries One was set, I think. In, yeah, yeah, the first one was in Korea okay. or something like that. So, and the different factions were you had like the, the Chinese, you had the locals, you had the UN, you had the American occupation forces. I would love to see Rockstar do something like that, not necessarily with Iraq and Afghanistan, but just with this idea of the the Middle East. Uh, as occupied oh by the U.S. Why are you going, oh, God? Because I've just said something tacky or because it's an no. awesome idea? <laughs> uh, well, uh, as much as I would enjoy a game like that, I believe that would be the most ungodly quagmire or like social like uh, just mess you could get yourself into. Just because that, because that, Mercenaries did it from, and they did a great job from a gameplay perspective, but you just think something that's like that contemporary and politically relevant, well, Rockstar's hands would be too clumsy. I th- well, I think Rockstar wouldn't be clumsy per se, but I think they wouldn't be able to resist some stereotypes and jokes that might enrage people. Oh, yeah, yeah. They would go, they would go for the face. potty humor. Yes. <laughs> Just think, which, which I like, but I mean, well, that's yeah. the thing is you mentioned that, Greg, and I, I feel like I'm okay with that. Like I feel like oh, I am, but like <clears throat> uh, I'm just saying from a business standpoint, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it all a bit. I, I love that. <laughs> I think their games are fun in an outrageous way. But I mean, they, if they did like some kind of Middle East GTA or I don't know something like Mercenaries, I feel like that'd be all we would see on CNN for a year. You know what? If I was a 2K Games shareholder, I think I would be completely behind this idea. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3 did pretty well. <laughs> well, uh, I, as a guy who lives in Los Angeles, uh, ultimately, 
my take on Grand Theft Auto Five is screw you guys. I'm happy it's here. I'm glad to see well, it sure. coming home. <laughs> uh, I also really, really liked the Los Angeles that they built in Midnight Club Los Angeles. Uh, they oh, yeah. they show they did such a good job. It's just a driving game, uh, and it's I say huge. Just, it's huge, and it just it it really has different discrete areas that feel different. The South Central add-on was amazing. I think they just did yeah. such a good job in a driving game of bringing LA to life, and I'm I'm really eager to see them open that up, make it more detailed for on foot stuff, and expand it outside of the the city area. So that's my news of the week, McMaster. When can we play Grand Theft Auto Five? Um, I think that is December twelfth. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> <laughs> what a great year this is turning out to be. Yeah, it really is. Surprises everywhere. Uh, all right, so that's my news of the week. A little Grand Theft Auto Five, Greg. That leaves you. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, McMaster. You are our uh, uh, our oh, MC of course, here. But, uh, yes, but, uh, Greg, my homies. Okay. Um, I guess mine's only sort of tangentially game related, but it's a topic that kind of interests me because I, I don't understand uh, the Connect. To be honest with you, mm. um, I don't own one, and <clears throat> I've played them, uh, and I think they're really interesting. But I don't really get them as game controllers. So I thought this story that I found on Ars Technica um, that said Connect for Windows SDK is going commercial in early 2012. They're going to basically open it up for pretty much anybody to develop pretty much any kind of app that they want to do. Um, there's a note here that says that the Connect has moved beyond the gaming world, both because of its usefulness and its price. It lets people buy a device with 3D motion capture, facial and voice recognition, microphones, depth sensors, and an RGB camera for $149. See, I... I I don't. I, I, I see people play the Connect, and I've even tried it a few times. And it just—it's never really seemed like a game tool to me. It always, it always seemed like somebody in R and D made this awesome device, and nobody knew what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I like this plan that they put together, where they're actually sort of—they're going to just push it out there, say, guys, figure out, make stuff, um, see what Bas- you can do. I, basically, I like. letting it break out of that—that that, hey, this is a gaming device model. It, it seems like it could be much more than that, right. you know. And and uh, I kind of take heart that that Microsoft, you know, not really being thought of much as an open source or you know, kind of incubating that kind of thing is, is is going that direction. Now, Greg, are you secretly hoping that when you check your email, you will look like Tom Cruise in Minority Report? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I, I wave my arms like a a, a madman and think that I look like uh, yeah, uh, whatever that guy's name. <laughs> His name was Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so he, he always plays Tom Cruise, doesn't he? You bet. Uh, so I, I'm I'm glad they're doing this, and of course, you know, let's let's see what people come up with. But I still maintain the Connect solves problems that don't exist. Uh, I. I, I, I have no desire even to fiddle with it on a PC. So, so Greg, what could someone do with Connect on the PC that will make me want it? Can you can you think of like in your imagination once this is put out there and people can build stuff for it? What's something that will make me Tom Chick want to get a Connect for my PC? For your PC, oh, that's yeah. a, that's a good question. Uh, to to look like Tom Cruise. I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping somebody out there has a much better imagination. I know they, that they are out there. I mean, I, I was thinking about at one time, like I, I was dreaming of games that I would make, and I, uh, 
I, I just I, I didn't do a very good job at it. Not that I'm any kind of game designer anyway, but I like to think about it. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You, you have a point. I don't know what kind of problem it was designed to solve. It's always just seemed like a, a really cool device that um, just sort of does stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that the stuff that, that, that they managed to dream up that it can do is kind of cooler than the – it just seems kind of like it's in a kind of a – I'm going to piss people off with this, but it's it's in this weird game ghetto where it's just got these little weird little um, Wii Fit, Wii Sports sort of things that, that you can do with it now. That Anytime I'm somewhere with uh, folks uh, who like are really into games and we start bad-mouthing the Kinect, you will find someone who will pipe up and say, they'll always mention uh, Dance Central, which uh, are the harmonics folks made. And That's pretty good. Yeah, so I can grant them that. And mm-hmm. now, added to that, uh, sort of they'll they'll make a half point. I mean, it's not as strong a point as Dance Central, but they'll bring up this uh, ar- arcade game called Gunstringer, which I've heard uh, about. I really want to play that. I haven't okay. played it yet. Now, McMaster, you are connected, aren't you? Oh, yeah. So, uh, so defend. go ahead, defend Connect. What's something that, once this gets put out for the PC, as Greg mentioned, what's something that will make me want to connect on my PC? What, make you want one? I, I don't sure. know. Um, so am I, I might be a lost cause. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see a lot of uses, but I, I you know, I mean, I... Gaming, not a ton. You know, I mean, you could do voice recognition. Like, you could actually program good voice recognition for it. Um, yeah, not that it's like Xbox is just terrible, but uh, I just don't want to yell at my television. And right. um, <clears throat> you know, you could do all sorts of stuff for it. It could actually be used for I don't know, handicapped people being able to use certain computers, stuff like that. With different... oh great, make me feel like a jerk. Yeah, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, uh, maybe sick puppies and stuff. <laughs> Probably be healed with it, but I mean, if you don't think there's any use, then Tom, by all means. Uh. <laughs> uh, McMaster, I don't think we've ever talked to the Connect. What is? Tell me, how does the Connect go over in the McMaster household, and and what what do you uh, tell? Tell me how it works in the McMaster household with the Connect. Um, it doesn't. We don't use it. Um, like I even tried getting that like thing that you put yourself in the movies with that game. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, can you please upload some of those to YouTube? Oh, God. There's a couple that are just awful where I'm, like, doing the scene from 300. Mm. Like, shirtless, too, which is even better. And, uh, yeah. Now, McMaster, is this true? Yeah. No, it's hilarious. I was, I was like, yeah, what the hell? This will be entertaining to me. And is this saved on an Xbox 360? Like, can you really... Is there really footage of you reenacting the scene from 300 that could fall into the wrong hands and be viewed publicly. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, the funniest thing is, is I do a very effeminate voice for the guy, too. So it's a very confusing time for everyone involved. Yeah, I kind of really liked the uh, MTV version of that U-Star thing because I, I saw it at E3. And uh, the, the technology they use on that one is pretty clever. Uh, the one for like the older U Star that I, I think they're supposed to update with their new technology is pretty awful looking. So I, I don't know. It's the Connect is in. Eh. I mean, Death Central was fun. We played it like three or four times, but got tired of moving coffee tables around. And uh, right, you know, it's just it's not worth the hassle. It's like you know, whatever. 
So when you watched Inglorious Bastards this week on Netflix, you did not use the Kinect. Oh, no, I used actually in my PS3 and the Blu-ray. Aha, take that, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, I use my 360 for Netflix and Hulu all the time, but PS3 does have a Blu-ray and a couple of games that are okay, so there yeah, you go. Greg wouldn't know about that. Greg, how do you watch your Blu-rays? Uh, you know what? I, I actually do have a Blu-ray player. I knew he was going to burn you somehow, Tom. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, Greg, how's the firmware on your Blu-ray player? Uh, isn't that a pain in the butt to update that, unlike having a PS3? That's all I got. That's oh, yeah, because the PS3 is so freaking fun to update. It's like the worst console when it comes to updates. Holy God. I actually am curious, Greg, is that, because every now and then, uh, isn't that an issue? Is Blu-ray players have to update firmware, and if you don't have a PS3 that does it automatically, it's a huge pain in the butt, and so therefore I can now laugh at you for not having a PS3? Has that ever been an issue? I guess it's been an issue one time, because I I registered it when I got it. This has been a few years back, I guess. But they, they, they sent me a disc. And I had to put the disc in, and it did some sort of firmware update. But that's the only time it's it's ever done that. So I, I don't actually have it connected to the, the Internet or anything, so it can't go out and check for firmware updates. Um, but they sent me, and I can't, I can't even remember what the, the thing on the disc was used for. But uh, I only I updated it the one time. I, I, just, I just watch movies. So, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of updates I would need to do that. But oh, Stupid interactive menu updates. <clears throat> Oh, okay. I've noticed every now and then, by the way, going through my uh, PS3's hard drive, that some movies I will watch will install crap onto my hard drive. Like I'll be going through and I'll 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 see you know I'll see saved games and installed game data, and then there will be like you know the 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 menu for some crappy movie that I watched like you know like the Talladega Nights front end got installed on my PS3 at some point oh yeah yeah <laughs> well that was the one that like shipped with it and I actually like Talladega Nights so whatever but you know what um, let's do real quick around the table so we all have Blu-ray players I presume we all occasionally maybe buy uh, Blu-rays of of precious of movies that we really like what Blu-ray do you own that you are most ashamed of? Do you guys have something for that? Because I'll go first if you guys can also tell me a Blu-ray that you own that you're ashamed of. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Okay, Greg, are you on board with this? I'm not going to confess unless you guys are with me. I'm, I'm thinking really hard. My, my Blu-ray library is not very big, but I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Okay, I own the Blu-ray for Clash of the Titans. Which one? Battle for Los Angeles. Wow, McMaster. But you know what? I can almost think like for special effects, maybe that. Might... You know what? No, I'm going to take that back. No, that's that's ridiculous. Awful. I just like somebody told me it was pretty interesting, and they were wrong. And, and you uh, bought the Blu-ray based on that? Well, I mean, I like uh, it was on sale, and I like you know using my surround sound and everything. So. And you're a big Aaron Eckhart fan, I understand. I do like Aaron Eckhart. I don't like him enough to support Battle for Los Angeles. All right. Uh, all right, Greg, what do you got? Put us to shame. I've got one that's not so much embarrassing, just a little bit ridiculous. Um, I, I bought uh, Casablanca on Blu-ray. That's not it. That's... Well, but, but wait, wait, wait. You hear me s- out. You suck at this game. No, 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 wait. Hear me out. Why did I need to buy it on Blu-ray? It, it's it's in four, four to three uh, aspect ratio and not in HD. I mean, that's just overkill, right? 
So well, they don't have the film or anything. They don't have like anything on like the archive. But they do have a lot of extra stuff, so I don't know. I haven't kind of gone through all those. Because it's quite possible that they can, you know, um, like, you know, do that stuff from like a, the original print. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, like a remastered version. Right, you can. I don't know if Casablanca is. But. They, they, they colorized it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> See, I that's the sort of thing, though, Greg, where I'm like, yeah, of course you should own the Blu-ray of Casablanca, but maybe you have a point. Maybe I'll grant you that one. It's nowhere near as ridiculous as Battle Los Angeles or Clash of the Titans, though. So I have, I have, I have Ghostbusters. I love that movie. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that, have, now you're just bragging. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have like a dozen movies. I got Forbidden Planet, that old uh, uh, oh, cartoon thing. No, no the, for, uh, Leslie Nielsen. Oh, the uh, the uh, the Tempest thing, the yes. Tempest sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you need that in Blu-ray? Is that even is that a black and white movie? That is, isn't it? No, actually, it is. It is color, but it right. is an old. It's an old one. So, that's yeah, a gran- uh, yeah, that's a grandpa movie. I don't think I've ever seen. it. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch grandpa movies also. I'm afraid. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, I think that's all of our newses of the week. Uh, the Connect. Grand Theft Auto Five and uh, what was yours, McMaster? Dead World. And and Dead World, yeah, yeah. So it's a good week for news, uh, except for the Connect thing, which I don't care about. <laughs> Me either, really. Uh, now you're just doing that because you were a shill for Microsoft, Greg. You don't have. To be dead. <laughs> I knew that was coming out. <laughs> uh, McMaster, where are we going next? Um, well, let's go ahead and do our forum post. All right. Who's going first? I'll go first. Yeah. I actually kind of have a forum post. I don't. It's not really a forum post, but uh, I people I get complaints when like people put on spam or sometimes when people are getting arguments or whatnot. So because of complaints, I ducked into this Sword of the Stars two thread, <laughs> and I had been playing Battlefield three uh, with a fella on our our forum named Paul Tobia who posts his Rorschach, and I think it's okay to use his real name because he's been on the podcast with me before, and he is a huge fan of those. Cur- Kerberos guys, I don't know how you say their name, the guys that make the Sword of the Stars games. He's a huge fan of their games. And the game came out, and I saw him online in Battlefield 3, and I just sent him a little message saying something about, uh, you must be really glad Sword of the Stars 2 is out. And he sent me back this odd sort of sheepish reply, something like, well, yeah, I could have used more time, or something like that. Like like this kind of, like I feel like I said the wrong thing. <laughs> so then I got I got a complaint about some people having an argument there, and I went in the thread, and apparently this game was like released a little early, and a beta accidentally got put up on Steam, and it just seems like a huge train wreck. And I feel bad because I feel now that Rorschach thinks I was taunting him <laughs> about the game by sending him that message. Uh, so my thread of the week is people talking about Sword of the Stars 2, which seems like it's an awful, awful shape. Are either of you guys playing that? Uh, I'm not really a, much of a strategy gamer, to be honest with you. So yeah, well, it no. seems like this game would not bring you around. Uh, Jason P. McMaster, are you a big fan of Sword of the Stars 2? I am not. Oh. All right. Well, so that's that's my thread of the week, uh, as it were. Uh, so, all right, who's next, McMaster? Um, go ahead, Greg. Uh, okay, sure. Um, so I'm kind of, I think, possibly bending the rules with this. Um, I, I, I don't recall if you ever actually said that the thread of the week actually has to have taken place this week. Nope, it can be old. We can. We definitely love oldies. Okay, so I'm gonna. This is gonna be a grandpa thread. 
um, I was thinking really hard about this, about what would be a, a great thread. Uh, and I have a specific post. This goes back to when I started actually first. I, I, I joined uh, apparently for my join date in 2006, but I, I, I hung around Red for a long time prior to that. <clears throat> and one of the, uh, the first threads I remember really jumping out at me was um, in this thread called Levels That Suck. Um, this is from 2003. And... There's a post in there by a fellow, I think you guys probably know him pretty well, Mike Cathcart. Um, Uh, Yeah. He wrote this post that might be one of my favorite single posts. So (laughs) if you'll bear with me, uh, I'm going to read this. By the way, uh, Greg, I love this already. (laughs) Well, we'll see how you like it at the end because this is going to be good. He says, I have no attention span today, so I'm not reading this whole thread, but I'm just going to assume somebody has already said the library from Halo, and I'd like to call them an idiot. Let me guess. The level was too long and repetitive. He wrote out. Look, it had space zombies, okay? Space zombies. Space zombies plus shotguns equals level you can play forever. The end. And then he goes on. No, not the end. Some of those space zombies actually jump at you, like from way far away. I mean, what's better than a space zombie that you shoot with a shotgun? <laughs> I can't even get through it without cracking up. <laughs> that you shoot with a shotgun while he's in the air flying at you. Hello? <laughs> Am I the only one left who likes video games? <laughs> and then he goes on to actually talk about a thread, a, a game that, a level that he doesn't like. But uh, I like this. This post to me, this is this is quarter to three. If I had to sum it down to one post. It's a guy who has a valid point. You know, most people, if they pick a level they don't like, you'll always hear the library come up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, "No, no, that level's awesome, and here's why." And it's funny. I, I, I love this post. This this one, I, I've, I don't know if it was the first post or the first thread that I read when I came to, to quarter three, but it's it's one of the earliest ones that really jumps out for me, and uh, that's got to be my thread of so far the the the, the forum. Uh, Cathcart really is the best of quarter to three. That guy's awesome. Uh, and I, I, I don't understand the hate for the library because I, I'm not even sure I remember it that well, but I don't remember disliking anything about when the flood showed up. And it's also particularly timely, Greg, and do you know why? The, 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 the remastered or whatever thing is coming out. That's right. We can have the library in HD now, uh, yeah, with, with extra detail. Uh, and I'm actually looking forward to that because I've missed the flood. They haven't been in the last few games, and I, I love just, like, misshapen space zombie versions of all the, the creatures in Halo. I loved that part of the game. Uh, McMaster, weigh in on the library. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the library? It's been a really long time since I've played the library. Um, but Do you remember even hating it? Like, I, when people talk about hating the library, I don't remember, like, what they're I didn't, talking about. I didn't specifically hate it. It was just frantic, you know? It's just, like, stuff coming from everywhere. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I didn't really have strong feelings either way, but I know it, it always comes up in these discussions about terrible yeah, levels. Really right, right. Uh, all right, so I think we're all uh, library apologists here. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only complaint people, or most people I thought too had, was that it just repeated the same texture, or like like the same area like over and over again, so it was kind of boring. But other than that, nah, I didn't have any big problem with it. But that was back in, what, 2000. 2098. I don't know when Halo came back, but we had not perfected the the science of level design back then yet. We didn't we didn't know any better. Still uh, an experimental science back then, right? Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, I think that was 2001 or two. I want to say 2002. Okay. 
Uh, what are levels that suck then? Real quick, uh, what do you guys have to nominate for levels that suck? McMaster, anything come to oh, mind for you? Good lord. Um, levels that suck, let's see. Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> you would go for the low-hanging fruit, McMaster. <laughs> well, it sucks. <laughs> that's I mean, a, like, that that's is a good like, point. Fair point. That's some of the worst level design I've ever seen in the game. So. Uh, can I can I mention a point, uh, McMaster, where uh, I, I think you and I had a similar turnaround. It didn't necessarily suck, but it wasn't good enough to be played through twice, and that was Dead City in Rage. Yes. Like, like once Rage... You realize, hey, they're just making me play the same level, but going the other direction. Uh, I, I felt, yeah. Uh, Greg, can you think of what, what comes to mind for you when you think of levels that suck? I'm having a hard time thinking of a specific one, but I hate it when you get into a level and then suddenly a bomb's going to go off or something, and you've got a, a, a set time limit to escape the level. Like, oh, and like, you remember uh, the old game Descent? Um, oh, yeah. I, I always hated when you would actually get to the boss because then you would have to have memorized the path in because you had to get back out in like i don't know 30 seconds or something you had it timed you had to get out before it blew and that that always just it was just so much stress to me that it almost ruined the fun of the i liked the game but i hated that that fact of it that part of the levels but again that was back before we we had perfected the science of how to make good games so it's kind of acceptable but but yeah i do remember those yeah they probably never do that anymore right (laughs) No, you can't do. That. Well, what if, I know that I have had to run out of a timed. This level is going to blow up. Sequence. I don't know what it was in. I remember maybe it was Rage. No, I remember playing something recently where the clock is running down. You've got to escape. Maybe it was Body Count. Oddly enough, uh, the clock is running down. You've got to escape the base. The timer's going down. You know, I'm down to like you know a minute twenty seconds. So I know well this is going to be a long way off because they've probably geared it to where I'm going to escape just in the last like five seconds got a minute 20 on the clock i go through a door and it ends <laughs> it's like wait a minute you guys gave me a whole minute 20 seconds like i'm not that good at this game i didn't optimize you know just a beeline i finished with a minute 20 seconds on the clock that is that is screwing up the tension level you know when you cut the wires on the bomb before it's going to explode if you do that with like an hour left on the bomb there's no dramatic tension there you want <laughs> You want at least, I, I think it can be no more than a 10-second window to make it dramatic. Uh, if you've got more than 10 seconds, that's no tension. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, okay, so let's see, other levels that suck. Um, McMaster, I think you and I will get into that once we talk games of the week. What do you think of that? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> All right. Teaser. Uh, all right, so uh, who's next, McMaster? Well, that leaves only me, and my post of the week is my own post. <laughs> wow. That's right, the ultimate vanity. <laughs> um, no, I, I started a thread because Dota 2 beta is going out to the masses now. And whenever you receive a, beta, a Dota 2 beta test invite, you receive two copies extra that you can give to your friends. Mm-hmm. So I started a thread saying, here's a list of people who would like that, and here are people that have it already, which we have zero in that area yet. But what we're hoping is to get everybody either into the beta that wants to in our group or, uh, you know, something like that. So if you're interested in Dota 2 and beta testing and possibly getting a pass, come check out the thread, which is Dota 2, beta test, and extra passes. Now, but, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm fascinated by Dota 2 is really why this is a 
So is everyone in that thread uninterested because they're too busy playing League of Legends? A lot of times, yes. But some, you know, some of us have to go to other places where we can't play League of Legends, and that's where you read the thread. Uh. <laughs> uh, what has you most excited about Dota 2? You know, uh, I would say the destructible terrain. Oh, it has you destructible know? terrain? Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's like you can you can do that original Dota as well. But, um, yeah, there you can, like, cut through the woods and stuff. In fact, there's a couple of, like, secret vendors or secret shops that you can, like, cut through the woods to get to and stuff like that. And uh, you can hide back in the woods and then just cut your way out or, you know, just kind of cut a path in there or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of that. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. That and... Uh, yeah, yeah, it just looks interesting. Uh, you know, speaking of Dota, did you see the Blizzard Dota thing? Oh, you know what? I realized that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> that's right. There's a Blizzard and a Valve uh, Dota, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Like Blizzard just announced theirs, and it, it's like very tongue in cheek looking, but uh, it's uh, isn't it just weird. a StarCraft two mod, an elaborate StarCraft two mod, or am I thinking of something else? Uh, you know, it could be. <laughs> it's very, very, very possible. It could be. Is it, is it a commercial product? Like something they're I, selling or just a downloadable I thing? I don't know if they've said much about it yet, you know? Um, Sounds to me like you're on board with the Valve thing instead. You're just invested in that one. Not really. I'm, I'm invested in the, you know, whichever ends up being the best is what I'll be invested in. Right. But as far as like what you're curious about now, like what you're looking forward to, oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. like of those two, uh, yeah. And you might be right. I think it might be a StarCraft two mod for sure. Uh, now, when uh, can you, when will you start playing this uh, this new Valve Dota beta? Whenever they send me an invite, which is very unlikely to be anytime soon. Well, now you say that, but uh, so we have Dead World coming out next week. We have oh, yeah. Grand Theft Auto coming out December twelfth. Right. Yeah. I'm guessing. For this. Yeah. Somewhere in there, yeah. Valve is going to release their uh, the the beta for their Dota for you to play, McMaster. Oh, well, for me maybe. I mean, <laughs> you know. But actually, they did. They sent out a bunch of invites today. They just didn't include me in the jolly few. All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, Greg, what does Dota stand for? Oh, uh, uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never played. The, these are all those. Uh, they're, they're the MOBA types, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. What does MOBA stand for? Ah, oh, damn it! Why did I do that? <laughs> uh, you want me to give you an easier one? What does RTS stand for? Oh, oh, oh! I, I'm terrible at RTSs, so I know that they are uh, real-time strategy games. Very I good. played. I played a couple, but I'm, I'm very bad at them. Uh, so MOBA multiplayer online battle arena which is about as tortured an acronym as you could come up with. And uh, Dota, of course, is Defense of the Ancients. I will remember. Yeah. I, so. I won't. <laughs> but it, 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 I, I, actually, maybe I should drop into that thread, because I, I really don't know anything about these games, and uh, I'd try a beta. Why not? Okay, McMaster, so someone like Greg comes along. He's like, I don't know what MOBA stands for. I don't know what Dota stands for, but I'm curious. I want to try one. McMaster, where do you send him? Well, I mean, honestly, the easiest place to start for quarter to three is League of Legends because there's a really big group of guys there that have, like, a chat channel and all this crazy stuff. And they all, like, I know I've played with a couple of new players a bunch of times just to teach them in, like, co-op games and stuff like that. So 
Now, doesn't that sound – I'm inclined to say, McMaster, that's a horrible idea simply because I know how competitive some of those guys are, but but some mm-hmm. of them can sort of dumb it down and – or not dumb it down, but some of them can bring it down to a basic level and and uh, and play with new players? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, some right. of them. I, mean, I didn't say everybody. <laughs> well, I actually, you mentioned League of Legends, and I agree with you, though, but I think League of Legends is a perfectly viable game to just jump into. I, I, I think, you know, if you're at the basic level, if you just want to play co-op against the computer, even, I think... Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it gets a bad rap for being unfriendly, but that tends to take place once you've maxed out at whatever level thirty and you're playing the real competitive stuff. Like I think at lower levels, it's a friendly enough game to just jump into. Well, you know, some of those co-op games, like people are still idiots, but for the most part, I'd agree. You know, I mean, like it, now the game has you know a training modes, it has uh, oh. all sorts of stuff in it, so. It, learning the game is pretty easy if you go through all the tutorial missions. It's just like really the mastering of it that takes quite some time and a lot of like, uh, I don't know, God, a lot of video watching, oddly enough. <laughs> what character do you recommend for a new player, McMaster? A new player? There's a couple of uh, interesting ones you can start with. Uh, some of the easier ones, like Garen's, really easy. Um, Ash. Is a pretty standard starter. In fact, I th- I don't know if you start with Ash or if you're. I think you're given a choice now. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're all relatively, or a lot of them are relatively simple. But yeah, Garen, Ash, some of the more standard. Ash specifically is a an archer character that really her big thing is she has an ability that like either lets you see a part of the map and it like lets you get extra gold per kill and then like she has an ability that uh, turns on frost arrows to make everybody slower if you hit them and one that does like a cone and other than that i mean she's relatively simple and good beginner i think the tutorial actually is her or master Yi maybe now what if i'm a new player and it was just halloween so i want to play fiddlesticks Uh, Fiddlesticks isn't too bad. He's got a little bit of nuance, uh, though, because he's he's weird. He's like uh, his abilities are stuff like he has a fear, he has a silence, which is really cool. That bounces like his uh, he like throws this crow or whatever, and it bounces between people and it silences them. And then his third move, which is uh, his most powerful, is um, uh, drain life. Um, which does quite a bit of damage and restores like most of it to him. Um, and his ultimate's really great, which he channels for a second and has a big template around him and everybody around him takes damage while they're like hit by this big hail of crows and everything flying in. And, and you don't think, because I was being facetious, don't you think he's horrible for a new player though? He is, yeah, he might not be great, but he's right. not the worst by far. Right. <laughs> who who would be the worst? Let's let's say you want someone. Someone's like, hey, what's this League of Legends game? You don't want them to like it for whatever reason. <laughs> Maybe you don't like the person. Maybe you just don't think that it's a genre they'd enjoy. So, what hero do you recommend to make sure they never play again? <laughs> oh Jesus! How do you grief a new player in League of Legends? Um, well. You can have them play. Well, there are certain characters just like super hard. There's no doubt. Um, oh God, what is the name of that character? It's going to drive me nuts. Who's the Asian chick with the fan? Isn't she pretty terrible? Fan? Are you talking? Hmm. 
She's an Asian chick. She has a fan. It, she, like, blows the fan, or she throws it, and it waves around. And oh, oh, like, oh, oh. Uh, are you talking about, uh, not Lux, but, um, she's the yin-yang, uh, like, uh, um, Karma. Yes, yes, yes. You know, Karma is, like, up and down. Like, a lot of people, like, for, she has, like, weird stuff. She could do some cool, like, moves, but she, she kind of, like, I don't know. It's like every other patch, if they either, like, boost her or... Nerf her or whatever. Not every other patch, but like she goes back and forth basically, right. like and a she, lot of characters do. She takes a lot of weird finesse though. Like when I was playing her, oh, I got yeah. the sense of I'm not ready for this, but by golly, I'm going to plug away at it until I get good enough. And I don't think I ever did, but I don't. I don't think it's an easy one. So, Greg, if you want to play League of Legends, I recommend playing Karma because then you won't get into the game and you'll be more easily able to deal with the other games in your backlog. All right, maybe I'll have to check it out. There you go. <laughs> Play yeah, that's a yeah. Or LeBlanc, <laughs> if you like. LeBlanc's pretty rough too. I, I fully expect if I do jump in, it, it'll be painful. I mean, I'll, I'll get walked all over for a, a good while. It's, I'm sure. It, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like hell. Just play co-op games. <laughs> yeah, that's a thought. Yeah. Or I mean, or they you give could, experience. Alternatively, just jump into the Defense of the Ancients beta with Valve, and you'll be with a bunch of other people who've never played it before. It's new to them. Get in on the ground level. You know or, what, guys? Install Warcraft three and play regular Dota right now, and then never want to play it again. Boy, that'll <laughs> dissuade you. Yeah. No, Although like, McMaster, I have to say, isn't that a large part of the appeal of Dota? Is like learning a new system. Like, okay, these guys, this is their oh, sure. take on the, the this type of genre. Let's see what they've got. You know, let's see what gameplay stuff Valve has cooked up. Well, I'll say this about. Dota 2 that is kind of interesting to me and somebody brought up on the forums the other day is like should it actually be called Dota 2 and honestly kind of no because it is Dota they've even programmed like Warcraft 3 engine stuff oh like, like should basically like, just, just Dota 1 like this is basically just a, is a reboot with a, right. yeah absolutely it's right. like just a new graphics system a new right. graphics engine and I you know, like you know of course updated controls that will make it say for instance playable as compared to the original Dota like now it's cool for what it was but god Dota man like every character has different keys that they, it's not just Q W E and R like one character will be like T Y N and B, and then another character will be like S Q, and you know, like you. Why do they you do can, that? It's I guess based on all the old Warcraft powers, the Warcraft Three Hero Champion powers, and whatever their hotkey was. Like you can sit there and like remap all those. That's kind of a pain, you know. Is it based um, on on mnemonics, like remembering, like associating the name of the power with a key on the keyboard? Yeah, kind of. But you, okay. you remember how, like, the heroes were in Warcraft 3. Like, they each had different powers, and that's right. basically what they took was the Aeon of Strife StarCraft map and remade it into a Warcraft 3 map and, uh, yeah, put Warcraft champions in it. <laughs> I mean, if you're just playing a character with just a few powers, it seems like it's intuitive that you would cluster those powers in the same group of keys. Right, know. absolutely. Right. Yeah, but that was part of the engine for them too. But they're right. and while they're not doing that, they are putting stuff like you know animation cancels and like stuff like that that would have not usually been in a new engine. Right. So, you right. know, it, it's it's like I'm looking forward to it because it is going to make Dota more accessible. Right. 
So. Well, Jason P. McMaster, we look forward to uh, updates once you're in the beta. Oh, yes. I look forward to giving them. You will be the Quarter to Three podcast uh, Dota correspondent. Oh, good. I'll throw <laughs> from the field. <laughs> All right. What's our next subject? Those are our uh, news stories and posts and of the week. So we got games. Oh, I'm looking forward to this part. All right. All who's right. going first, McMaster? Do you want to go ahead and go, Tom? You want you want to go ahead and get so get you Uncharted? once again? Once again no, I, it's not. Please, I'm not picking <laughs> Uncharted. Uh, my my game of the week is uh is is something that you picked last week, jerk. Uh, partly because I want to talk to you to see if you've played more. Uh, but you chose Battlefield 3 last week as your game oh, yeah. of the week. Uh, so I'm going to extend that, and I'm going to choose it as my game of the week this week. Good. So, so first of all, uh, Greg, do you play shooters? Are, you're, you're not a strategy guy. Right. What about shooters online? How do you feel about that? I do. Um, I, I, I'm not a serious player. I tend, I tend to be one of those guys who's the first to get shot out in the game and spends a lot of time watching from the sidelines. No, I like though we see you get killed, we know there's someone shooting and we see where the gunfire came from, so we focus our efforts there. You serve a valuable purpose. I, I provide that service for whatever team has the misfortune <laughs> of having me on them. Uh, what what's the have you played any of the battlefield games? Either Bad Company or the Battlefield nineteen forty two or any of those? Uh, oddly no. Uh, but I did I did get into the uh, the beta test for this latest battlefield. Mm-hmm. So ah. I, I played that one subway level for a, a bit, and I, I liked it. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to buy it or not. But uh, yeah, that's like as so different than all the other levels. So yeah. weird. What platform were you on, Greg? Was it a 360 or the PC? Or I actually played it on the PC. Okay. Uh, now, McMaster, I know you're on the PC as well. Yep. Uh, when last we spoke, you had just sort of you had just or when last you spoke about it, you had just sort of gotten your feet a little bit wet. Uh, have you stuck with it? What's your current stance yeah. on Battlefield 3? Yeah, I actually do like it. I haven't had a lot of times. I've been playing everything. I've played a few rounds, though, and uh, I'm starting to get like the hang of it. I'm starting to get the feel for the maps, and that's that's the big thing. Uh, it, it's just every game you start to play, like a Battlefield game, is always just trial and error. So god awful sometimes, but but you start catching on. I think a lot of what makes the battlefield games unique for me, and what what Dice and EA. By the way, is Dice owned by EA now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so they I'll just were say for a bad company. Okay, so I'll just say EA. But I think what EA has nailed with Battlefield Three is a sense of place with the maps. Um, you know, I love oh, yeah. the I love the gunplay. I like the leveling up. Certainly, the the online aspect, teaming with other players. It's nice to get like vehicles and helicopters in there. Just the graphics, the visuals are great. But but most importantly, and I think what they've really nailed, and what what the Battlefield games really offer, is each map has its own sense of place, and it feels vivid, and it feels different, and you create your own little stories and your own drama on these maps that they've offered. And I I love there's only maybe like six, eight maps in there, but some of them are so big and they have so many different kinds of places and you'll have different little stories in different corners of the maps. Um, so I, I, I love this game and I love even that, that Metro map. You mentioned it's so different. It's called Metro. It's a subway station. It's so different from the other maps. Uh, sometimes I hate it. Sometimes I love it, but I love how distinct it feels from some of the other maps. That Metro map is all about 
somebody capturing the stupid center point and then sitting on it while the other team throws themselves into gunfire trying to get it back. It's got this almost like World War I trench warfare uh, feel to it. And one of the criticisms about the previous battlefields was that they were so wide open and it was so much like musical chairs running around capturing flags and there was no sense of a front line. There's a couple of ways they've addressed this. One with maps like Metro or there's a, a map called, I think, Davand Pass, which goes through a tunnel. Uh, so that channels the action. And they have the, the rush gameplay mode, which is from Bad Company, now in Battlefield, where there are attackers and defenders, and the defenders well, have to defend two little stations. Rush um, is really fun. I really, really like Rush. The, that was the best part of Bad Company, too, to me. You know, I'm I'm just so in love with the openness of conquest mode that I'm oh, I'm sure. not I appreciate rush, but I I find myself unticking those little filters when I'm when I'm searching for a, <laughs> a server, uh, and I'm just so in love with conquest uh, that I, I yeah rush has not won me over yet, uh, but I do appreciate what it what it brings to the series. Um, but most of all, I just love the the maps. Uh, McMaster, do you have a favorite, or are there any that have really jumped God. out at you? You know, I really like what the Sonic Crossing. Sonic mm-hmm. Crossing is that it? Like, I really like that one. Um, now you're not saying it. You 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 managed Rambach with a fantastic German twist. You're not you're not quite getting the Frenchness of. I think you have to say Saint. Saint. Saint the Saint the Saint Crossing. Saint, Saint. <laughs> just, that, uh, just say the French River map. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the French River map, and um, yeah, I like that one. I I really like. Uh, what's the one where you're like on the docks? It uh, might be called canals or docks or I think it, yeah, it like the so. canals one right right yeah that one's pretty cool oh god the one with a huge field in it which one is that is that the French <laughs> River map like the one that has the giant wide open field because there's god there's like a wheat field next to it and it's a small town what this sounds awesome <laughs> I don't know. a wheat oh, field that? in a small town oh, all right let me look. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I, I really like uh, what they do with the games. I, I love the vehicles, you know. I mean, that's the big thing for me. Um, the vehicles are just fantastic. Uh, were, were you, Greg, when you played the demo, were you are you able to appreciate the leveling much? Because one, one of the identifying aspects of Battlefield now is this idea that you have to level up a class to unlock... The, the doodads that sort of make it distinct. Like to be the medic guy, you don't get the little defibrillator paddles to res people until you've leveled up the class. And if you're the engineer, for instance, uh, you get this awesome mortar, but you have to level that class up, which is independent from leveling your character up, before you can play with that. When you played the demo, does it give you any inkling what you're in for in that regard? I, You know, I, I, I didn't pay much attention, to be honest with okay. you. I, I was mainly focused on... You know, not not getting my head shot off. So, and and I enjoyed it. I mean, I I, I am thinking seriously about buying the game, but uh, yeah, I didn't really pick up on a lot of the the details. Uh, one of the things I really like, and I don't know if Battlefield Two did this. I don't know if it's an innovation that the Bad Company series added, but I love the squad respawn. To where when you die, you don't have to respawn at a flag. You can if you like. But you're put in a four-man squad, and if any of those guys is alive, based on the server settings, it can vary. But if any of those guys is alive, after the mandatory respawn, like the timeout, you can click to rejoin someone who's in your squad. So you can get right back into the fighting. Uh, I really like that. And for a guy like you, Greg, and I'm the same way, who spends a lot of time dying, mm-hmm. uh, that that's a great innovation. Is uh, 
and it feels fair too. Like if you have someone attacking you, you know that you can't just kill. If he's with a squad, you can't just kill him. You have to kill all of them because they'll keep coming back. So suddenly, four characters feels like you're fighting more than four characters because when you shoot one, if you don't shoot all of them, they can basically regenerate. Uh, well, and, and one of the things that I I did like about the the, the beta that I played was that. Well, I did get killed a lot, and I take that as a given. It doesn't really get me down. I, I did kill some people, and that's that's rare for me. So maybe I, you know, got st- stuck in with a bunch of noobs like myself. But uh, it does seem like it's uh, I don't know if fair is the right word, but you know, it, it seems like um, well, you know, it, with so many people playing, you know. Well, I'll tell you. It, go ahead, McMaster. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's just that you end up with so many people on there that somebody's going to be around your level. Yeah, you're probably right. I guess I'm, I'm kind of used to, you know, I'd make the mistake of jumping into a, a Gears game or a Call of Duty, and and they're just those guys oh, have God. inhuman reflexes, you know. All right, and it's uh, six on six, so it's like, oh God. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there is, yeah, so that's one of the things is the target density. You know, when you have 64 players, at 32 of whom you can kill, you know, the odds are one of them will wander in front of you sooner or later. <laughs> uh, and, and secondly, the weapon lethality, is that even a word? Yeah, that's a word. The, the lethalness, the how hard the weapons hit. Um, uh-huh. Unlike a game like Halo, where you've got to finesse shields and all the cool weapon interplay and stuff, if you just fire long enough at someone when you've walked up behind him, He's going to die pretty quickly. Uh, it's easy to get kills, even if you're not good. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a good point. I did notice that uh, while I, I died quickly, I also was able to kill a person relatively quickly. So right. that that probably does help. One of the things they do, which I used to hate, uh, I think I now love it, and I maybe am a little hypocritical for it. Uh, I remember I, I used to hate that you had to unlock all of the aspects of your class. That when you sat down to play, like I mentioned, if you want to be the medic, you can't revive anyone until you've played the medic for a while, in which case you unlock the paddles. I sort of felt like that limited my options. When I spawn in a game, maybe one day I want to be the medic, another day I want to be the support guy, another day I want to be the assault guy. I feel like putting in this leveling mechanic hurts that sense of, of variety and flexibility. But what I think is going on there is I'm almost approaching it as a real-time strategy game. And in a real-time strategy game, you have this set of toys in front of you. And you decide, okay, which toys am I going to make? Which toys am I going to put together for my strategy today? But I think by making a shooter more like kind of an RPG where you invest in a character and you get attached to that character, uh, I, I think I'm starting to really appreciate that approach. That, that uh, you know, So now when I play... It's not a matter of, am I going to be a medic today? Am I going to be an engineer today? When I play, it's a matter of, okay, I'm going to play to level up my engineer, to unlock that mortar. Or more specifically, uh, as you use a gun, the number of kills you get with that gun gives you accessories for the gun. Hmm. So I'm going to sit down and play because I want to unlock the special knob or scope or whatever i don't know what they're called but because i want to unlock something for this m4 that i've been using uh it's almost like a a daily quest in an mmo or or, or something like it has that same kind of hook is that i'm not sitting down to play like an rts with this generous spread of tools i'm sitting down to work on my character to improve my gun and it gives me this real sense of attachment that i think serves a shooter well 
you know, when you're one character down in the action, being attached to that character, to that gun, I think actually works very well. So whereas I used to not like that, I'm really coming around for how well that works in Battlefield 3. Um, is it does it is it possible? I'm wondering if the, if the guns are fairly balanced because I wonder if you could ever get yourself in a situation where you've devoted all this time to this one gun and it's like not nearly as good as maybe right. this other gun you could have focused on. You it's know? a very good question, and I'm going to say right off the bat, I bet it's not balanced. Uh, so two things come into play here. First of all, like I mentioned, the the lethality of the weapons. You know, if I am in the right place at the right time to get a kill, it's not going to matter whether I have the crappy M4 or some super advanced theoretical combat rifle that you only get after you've ground away at the game and played for 50 hours. You know, if I'm in the right place at the right time, either one will serve me well. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the second thing is, uh, as far as the the, the balance goes, um, like, I I don't know. I'll just say no. I I don't think it is balanced, but I don't think it, it... it matters. There's definitely that rich get richer aspect of the more you play, the more you unlock a cool weapon. Like I'll yeah. routinely get killed, and the kill cam shows you not just who killed you, but what weapon he was using with what modifications. Huh. Um, so I can always see when I die. Sometimes I can reassure myself by thinking, oh, I only died because that jerk has been playing long enough to unlock this cool weapon with all these cool accessories on it. Um, But one of the things it does, though, is it it really does create this leveling aspect of the weapons. One of the things you unlock, and I just now got one of my first ones, is for a gun you can unlock things that improve the stability, a bigger magazine, you know, scopes, that kind of thing, something that hides the muzzle flash. And by the way, Battlefield 3 does an excellent, excellent job with this idea of muzzle flashes and the glint off of a scope on a sniper yeah, rifle. It actually really does. Yeah, yeah the, the, the way a tactical light can blind your target, the way a laser spotter can create that red scatter effect when you're being lased. I, I love the effects they've done, and they give them not just visual uh, importance, but real gameplay importance here. Um, mm. But so one of the things with the weapons that as you play them and level them up, one of the things that I just unlocked is a, an infrared night vision scope. And I don't know how realistic this is, but when you when you pull the weapon up to look down the sights, it gives you this sort of traditional low light, the, the, the green night vision kind of look that we all recognize. However... All the human, all the players light up bright orange. So from nice. a distance, you can totally see the head of a sniper peering over a ledge. He, he, he pops as clearly as if he was standing right in front of you. And that makes a huge difference once you get that on a gun. Uh, and I think most guns, you unlock that at about 100 kills. But what it does is it, it encourages this sense of super attachment to a weapon. Like, I've got that for my M249, and I love that thing. But now I'm determined to also get that for this uh, an assault rifle called a SCAR. So I just want to get 100 kills with my SCAR right now. Like, that is my goal. When we get off this podcast, that's what I want to sit down and do, is get a few more kills with that SCAR so I can unlock that awesome, awesome night vision thing. Uh, so is it balanced? No. Does it make you want to play the game? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's cool. So, all right. So that's my game of the week. So, so McMaster, do you have an infrared night vision scope on any of your guns? No. Well, then I will kill you. I know you will. <laughs> I will um, totally see you coming. You will be lit up bright orange before you even see me. And in, in, I'll be hiding in the bushes, and you'll just be lit up, and I'll shoot you. What do you think of that? The yeah, that sounds probably about right. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> the uh, map I was thinking of is Caspian Border. Oh, yeah, yeah, Caspian Border. It's is... not like a wheat field. It's just tall grass, but there's like a lot of like real tall grass fields that you can wander around in. Caspian Border, I think, is my favorite map because the central capture point is called, fittingly enough, Hilltop. And it's a it's a hilltop with several approaches to it. And yeah. once you're up there, there are, several, uh, there are four other waypoints around the map that many of which you can sort of snipe down on. You, it's a great defensive position. But more importantly, I unlocked this mortar, uh, which is something the engineer gets. And what happens is you set it up. And anywhere you can see, you can move your cursor, and it gives you a little overhead view of the area, and you can just lob shells there. So what I love doing is playing the engineer, getting on the hilltop, and then just chunking shells at any capture point that the other side is holding uh, until I see my guys getting close, and then, of course, I'll I'll pull back. I don't want to hurt them. Uh, But I love the central capture point in in Caspian Border. Uh, That that would be my favorite map. so, McMaster, do you have a gun that you're focusing on? Like, what what class were you gravitating towards, and what gun did you dig? Um, you know, so far I've been trying to go towards assault, I think, and uh, yeah, just standard. What what do they even start with? I mean, because so I've... assault is oddly named because that's the medic class. They're the guys that unlock right. the defibrillator paddles, and I I would not call the medic assault. I, I think that's a that's a weird. I have a weird semantic issue with that class, so I'm not going to play it, Dadgummit. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. And well, yeah, I mean, what are the other classes? You got like support. You've got recon. There's another class. Engineer. Engineer. Right. Okay. Yeah, support. I guess drops bullets. Let's see. I'm very confused about this. That might be engineer, oddly enough, and support repairs vehicles, which is it, or maybe I have it backwards because no, engineering like would... certainly repairs vehicles because they have the blowtorch. Okay, so then support uh, drops bullets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. And by and the they're way, machine I, gunners basically. Right. They get the M249 and, right, and right, you right, get right. and I love how Battlefield 2 encourages support roles by like that Metro map for instance. It, it gets ridiculous. Uh, Greg, you've played it. It gets absolutely silly. It, it's clearly not designed for 64 players, but you can host <laughs> it for 64 players in which case you've got 32 people on either side fighting over the same flag. It, it's a, it's almost like Keystone Cops ridiculous, seeing people run around. So I get to the point in Metro where I'm playing my uh, support dude who gives people bullets, where I'm I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to get any kills because the moment I try to aim at someone, I'm gonna. It's just it's a it's carnage. It's ridiculous. So I can run around in Metro just chucking bullets right and left, just throwing out bullets, oh, throwing out bullets, throwing out bullets, <laughs> making say exactly. And you're watching the experience points tick up. It's almost like. Uh, you, you know, it, it's 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 like you're hitting the jackpot on a pinball machine or something. It is absurd, <laughs> just running around throwing bullets. I'm like I'm like Johnny Appleseed or something, just chucking bullets out of my bag. Uh, and I love that the game supports that. Uh, I, I love That's that. That's why I like assault, actually. You know, because you get into those like meat grinder situations, you throw out like a health pack that people just are sitting around, like, uh, guarding an area, you get a ton of experience. You know, I didn't even think about that. That's that's a good point, yeah. Master, yeah. Because it does have a weird, uh, you see a person's hit point bar. Like, when you're aiming at an enemy, you can see their hit point bar and how much damage they've taken. Yeah. Now, health will eventually regenerate, so it's not something like if you're knocked down to 10 points of health, you're like, oh, crap, i got to go heal up. It'll come back. But if you're a medic, you can basically reinforce people's ability to withstand damage. 
And that's so very like that. powerful, very powerful in a game like Battlefield. Because if you can get dug in and your health regenerates faster than the enemies, then you absolutely have an advantage. Uh, and, you're making me want to play Assault, McMaster. Well done. And Assault. See, here's the other thing about Assault. You get the defib paddles, and you get a good amount of experience for defibbing people. And I don't know the last time you played a Battlefield game where some guys didn't die. So that's uh, <laughs> if there's one thing you can count on, you can't in real life. You can always count on death and taxes in Battlefield. You can only count Mostly on one of those. Death. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So uh, I might. Try. You know, what? that's the thing is, I, I think, wow, assault sounds good. But McMaster, there's no way when I play <laughs> that I'm not going to be leveling up my uh, scar. I need to get that infrared night vision scope on the scar oh. pronto. Engineering is really great. No, the repairing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and, like, do you have mines, I assume, at this point? I do, but I haven't yet. Like, that's such a key thing on the maps is where do you put a mine? And Lord knows I've played plenty of times where some jerk on the other team knew exactly where I was going to freaking drive my tank, and I can't stand that. So I, I need to make a note of where they put those mines so I can do that myself. Oh, yeah, the great thing I used to do in Bad Company, too, is take a Jeep, circle around the back of their base, and drop mines in front of their, like, uh, motor pool. Oh, that is so rude. That is so rude. You'd be surprised at how many tanks I blew up with three guys in it. You know what I've actually been doing with the engineer? And and this is kind of, in a way, I want to complain about this. But in a way, I don't mind because it it gets me into the game. It's not clear when you unlock some of the toys how they should be used. And I'm thinking specifically, as the engineer, I've unlocked this little... uh, He looks like a robot from Short Circuit. Uh, And you... Uh, you drive him around, and I think I was he's, wondering about that. Yeah, I see, I see them on the field, and I'm like, what the heck is that stupid thing? Whatever, I have dudes to shoot. Um, but he's a he's a robot that you you put him down, and then you've got a little remote control, and you drive him around, and he's supposed to repair friendly vehicles, which I guess is great because you don't have to walk out there and get your fool self killed while you're sitting right. there with your blowtorch. And the blowtorch, by the way, lights you up like it's like a big blue asterisk around you, saying, hey. Do splash damage in this area, yeah, because this guy's repairing the tank. Uh, so I guess the little short-circuit droid can repair things, but the short-circuit droid can also damage enemy vehicles. So what I've been trying to do, and it sometimes works, is you drive it up to an enemy tank, and you park in front of the tank, and you hit the button that would normally repair it, and it looks like it wears its damage down. And I love driving that thing around and because the game is still a couple of weeks old, people haven't really figured out some of the stuff. You can sort of see other characters looking at the robot, like not knowing what that is, because you don't see a lot of them on the field. Oh, no, not yet. Even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think some people shoot at it and then realize it's not shooting back at them, and so they ignore it and, and run on. Sometimes you'll come up to a tank, and you'll see that the tank has seen you at the last moment, and you see it angling its gun down trying to shoot you, but it can't because you're too low to the ground past a certain point. And so you walk up, and you're just poking away at the tank. So I'm not exactly clear how it works, but I love how confused people seem to be by it, myself included. Uh, That's cool. Robot. Um, so anyway, so that's my game of the week. I could I could drone on for a while about this. I I did not expect to like it. Hey, boy, that single player is so stupid. Did you fiddle with any of that, McMaster? Uh, no, I'm yeah, I'm not interested. Bad Company 2's uh, single player is some of the worst I've ever seen. I can't imagine this being that much better. So it really is. I mean, it's just I I, I don't. This is a minor spoiler, but I I managed. I got to play the Modern Warfare 3 single player. 
which I was it's kind of goofy, whatever. But you can totally see they're trying to do a single player just because that's in Modern Warfare 3. They realize that's their competition. But, man, those guys, just what a weak single-player well, game. It's really horrible. I have to ask, since you sort of alluded to this, but uh-huh. uh, Modern Warfare 3, can yeah, you yeah. speak of it? Uh, I can't until next Tuesday. I think when it when it uh, actually, when the embargo lifts. But I, I really liked it. Like here I am, Mister Hardass, super critical dude, talking some smack about the modern warfare. Right, but I really liked Modern Warfare Three. Uh, I can say that next Tuesday you will expect an enthusiastic review. <laughs> well, I've already. I mean, I've already pre-ordered it. You know. What I mean? Well, so here's the weird thing: is I'm really digging Battlefield Three, but I also fully intend to play Modern Warfare Three as well. I mean, they're they they have a different enough angle. They have a lot of yeah. Of course, but they have a different enough angle that I sort of feel like there's room for both in my gaming experiences, I, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, as far as like recommending one or the other, I don't think I could do that. I, I think I recommend them both, which is a little odd. Uh, yeah, they're both, uh, yeah, they really are different. I mean, Modern Warfare 3 is absolutely about like guerrilla warfare, you know, in close quarters. Well, here's my one little teaser. Uh, in the past, you know, like Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty, Black Ops, I feel like there's a certain kind of community that appears around that, and it, it caters to a certain kind of hardcore play that when I jump in, I feel like I'm shut out from a lot of what it has to offer. They have really addressed that in Modern Warfare 3. I feel like hmm. Modern Warfare 3 is the Modern Warfare, is the, is the online Call of Duty for me. Uh, so there's a teaser for you. We'll get more into that in a, in a, a later podcast. So, all right. So, McMaster, there's me holding forth enough about Battlefield Three. Greg, join us. There's a thriving quarter to three. Uh, I, I had a great time playing last night with JPR. Uh, I've managed to kill Tim James once in the head, and I felt awesome about that. Uh, and McMaster, if I ever see you online, if you're not on my team, I'm going to come gunning for you with my uh, infrared night vision. Bring it. I, th- I think you guys, uh, you guys might have convinced me. Uh, I, I got to join just to. Get this mental image of Tom running around flinging bullets everywhere. Like <laughs> it really was. Yeah, I could have made that noise. I should have because I, I figured out there's a circuit that you have to run to avoid the gunfire. There are areas you have to duck. There are pockets of dudes fighting. I go throw these dudes some bullets and then those dudes some bullets. Yeah. So get an engineer. Jump on the metro map with 64 players. Uh, instant leveling. There you go. <laughs> I, I may just have to do that. It sounds like fun. <laughs> All right, McMaster, who's going next for Game of the Week? Um, you know what? I'll go, I guess. Right. Um, my real Game of the Week is probably Batman Arkham City. Wait a minute. Haven't but, you played that word? Yeah, I've beaten it, but I'm also playing the challenge maps and stuff now. Uh, but I've also been playing Uncharted 3, and I know you want to get it off your chest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my Game of the Week is Uncharted 3, I guess. And... Um, now, McMaster, about we started recording. But we, we, you promised me you were going to defend it staunchly, say uh, only positive things, and that there would be, as Greg put it, some blood sport. Are you going to yes. live up to that? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I'm not actually. I, I, uh, I like it, but it's not as good as Uncharted 2, and it's. I don't know, and I guess I, I can't say for sure yet because I'm only on like chapter nine. But just the first part of the game is uh, a lot of walking mm-hmm. there's a few goofy climbing parts and there's an extremely exhausting long escape 
and uh, that's where the, I'm at. What is the escape from? A castle. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Right. And that was really long, and I had to restart a few parts, and it was super irritating. Thanks, cameras. <laughs> if you love that bit in a in a game like God of War or Uncharted, where you are the camera about five feet in front of the character, and you have to run towards the camera with a bunch of stuff happening behind you, you'll love Uncharted Three. Oh yeah, especially if you have to like make turns that it doesn't like really <laughs> like tell you where you're going. So you're just kind of like you're running, and then eventually you run into a wall or get stuck on something and die and have to start over. It's awesome. It really is like the worst of that escape from the level at the end of Descent that Greg was talking about. It's that kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I take it back. I'm not ever going to buy a PS3. <laughs> well, now, now, how are you going to play Ratchet and Clank Crack in Time? Okay, or Uncharted 2. Oh, so two, <laughs> 2 is good. And, and the one, what about the first oh. one? Um, it's good, too. I just think 2 was um, is it my beef? favorite. Here's the thing: is if you want to play Uncharted for the mechanics, for uh, and for the spectacle, uh, then yeah, I would say go with two. But if you want to play Uncharted for what makes it special, and I feel that's the characters, I would say go with one. Really? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love the inner the way the characters. I mean, one is actually doing something that that in a way two and three don't have the luxury of, and that's introducing you to someone new that you didn't know before. Oh yeah. Uh, well, see, like that's part of why I like part of three. Because of the backstory at the beginning is, is kind of... Like see, what did you learn from that? Well, you know, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, and I get what you're saying. Like, if you really like Nathan Drake, this is another angle on him. But I feel like I did not learn anything I didn't already know. And what I felt like the game was telling me, uh, the payoff for that, the way it finally comes through, is really disappointing, and it felt like a wasted opportunity, and I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but you know, we, we talked about Inglorious Bastards and how it had great payoff. Uh, I feel like Uncharted 3 is an example of a game that doesn't understand payoff. If you want to do one of those flashback scenes like they do early on in Uncharted 3, do it for a reason, and make it mean something in the end, and I don't think they quite got that at, at Naughty Dog. Well, you know what's funny about that whole part and the rest of the game is that it is honest to God. Like, somebody took Raiders of the Lost Ark and Holy Grail, and, or, or not Holy Grail. Uh, <laughs> I would like that much better. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Last Crusade and just slapped them together so far. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. It's like the whole flashback, like... This kid's going to, you know, it belongs in a museum. Well, not it belongs in a museum, but it's the whole, like, no, you're young right. indie thing. And yep. then there's the, the older protege guy. You didn't win this time, kid, you know. like <laughs> It's just like, and then you get to the big dude that you fight over and over again. <laughs> okay, will not stay down, and you can never shoot him. Because believe me, I tried. Every time you oh, fight that I've been guy, trying to shoot him. Really yeah, bad, too. He is impervious to bullets. And I just want to say one of the big set pieces they do at the end of the game is so derivative of Raiders of the Lost Ark that I, I just felt like it takes a special kind of creative bankruptcy to just lift a scene from a movie and drop it directly into your game when the game is already reminiscent of the movie. I, And it's so poorly done, too. Uh, but know, anyway, I, that's, that's a minor spoiler. I don't want to say too much. Actually, um... 
I really like some of the set pieces so far, though. I liked uh, the underground London stuff and mm-hmm. all that. I thought that was really cool. Mr. And, McMaster, uh, I'm over sewers, suddenly doesn't mind a little sewer action. <laughs> hey, that's not a sewer. Those are <laughs> access tunnels. <laughs> that's different. Um, but, uh, no, the well, it's not really a sewer, though. I mean, sewers are giant, you know, connections of corridors. They, there was a lot more going on in that one, at least. Um, I and then, was, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, I will say you're coming to the best, what I thought was the best part of the game. So you, well, once you hit Chapter 12, you're in for a very nice stretch. I'm, I'm a little jealous that you yeah. get to experience that for the first time. You know, it's funny because uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's never played the Uncharted games, and uh, I was telling him, you know, what made Uncharted too special for me. It was it starts off on such a fantastic note. You know, you you wake up, and you're, you know, whatever, in the train and all that. And it's just like all the action, it makes sense. It's there for a purpose. And the pacing is great. You know, it just, it, it's a really great, well-paced game. And it's just like Uncharted 3, I have yet to see that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, there's a few places where there's a sense of urgency, but the sense of urgency is because something is immediately about to kill you, you know? Right. Or like, you're not in any situation that, kind of really draws out any real tension so far it's it's all kind of nah i mean there's a few frustrating parts and one thing i i don't know i mean you probably noticed this that is it just me or is nathan drake like walking controls really sloppy like if you were to turn or try to move he has to do this huge turn animation (laughs) Where, where i notice it mcmaster and where it really drives me crazy and i cannot believe this is still an issue that after three games i haven't addressed uh, is trying to pick up a particular gun. Like oh. you'll be you'll be around a bunch of ammo and a bunch of guns dropped. And you're like, okay, I want that gun. And trying to finesse what the triangle is going to pick up at any given time is where Nathan Drake's little imprecise movement just drives me crazy. I understand oh. that they want the cool animation and sure it looks great, but sometimes look, I just want to pick up the M9 in exchange for this AK-47. Why are you fighting me on this, Nathan? Go with me. Oh. Help me. Yeah, I kept trying to like go across like a couple of smaller areas, and he would just kind of stumble or something. I'd end up falling, hanging onto the ledge, and then right. crawling back up. And it's like, <laughs> oh, for God's sakes! Yeah. Um, but I, you know, the things I will say about the game is like a lot of the settings are really cool. Uh, it's a very nice looking game, and as always, I mean, it's well acted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the voice acting is fantastic. I mean, is that Helen Mirren? <laughs> no, but that would be awesome. <laughs> it's just like really looks like her. I, I mean, I didn't look it up, but uh, yeah, she, that, that woman's like really reminiscent of Helen Mirren. Uh, clearly, that's I think what they're going for with, with the villain is a, a Helen Mirren type. Uh, and again, just no payoff. Very uh, just unrealized potential. It drove me crazy. If you're going to well, introduce her and tie her into the backstory, don't do what they end up doing with her, which was really disappointing. It's just weird, to be honest. It's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like her so far is completely weird. They don't really set her up that well. Well, it's weird, and I thought it was going to be because there would be some cool reveal or we would find out more about her, or and they never do that. So what you're getting now, McMaster, is pretty much all you're going to get out of Marlo and who she is. That's Um, really weird. Mm. uh, 
All right. Have you tried any of the uh, multiplayer? Because I think they've done they did a decent job with multiplayer in Uncharted 2. I think they've done a far better job with it in 3. Have you filled with it at all? No, but I really want to. I've heard it's really cool. Okay, here's something they do, and I'm curious what you guys think of this. Greg, have you played many like online co-op shooters? Oh yeah, yeah, I played quite a few. Like, what are some that you like? Like what? Uh, I like I love playing Gears and Halo games. I, I pretty much okay. never play those single player anymore. So I like the I like the co-op modes they have, like for Horde and that yeah, sort of yeah. Thing. Okay, then let me float this idea by you, Greg, and let me let me hear what you think. Let's say you're playing Gears of War. Two, three, whatever the last one is. Let's call it three. Let's say you're playing Gears of War 3. You know how the co-op works. Mm-hmm. Uh, horde mode. You've got to stick together. You've got to fend off the waves of enemies. Um, you've got a lot of character customization. Let's say we have this in Gears of War 3. You can be many different kinds of characters, and you can customize them. Let's say you want to be Dom with a little pair of bunny ears. You know what? <laughs> you can do yeah. that by unlocking the bunny ears. So that's a little in-game incentive. Uh, is There's collectibles around the world, and if you collect certain treasures, and this actually fits in the, the theme of Uncharted very well, so mm-hmm. let's pretend it fits into the theme of Gears of War 3. So you collect these things that, that fit with the backstory and who the characters are, and eventually, if you collect the right things, you get things like bunny ears. Like That's a cool gameplay concept. But here's how they do it in Uncharted. And... Here's why I kind of think it, it, it drives me crazy. Every now and then, when you're playing Uncharted 2 co-op, which is very similar to Gears of War 3 and that you want to survive, a treasure chest will appear. The treasure chest lights up on your HUD. If you run over and you open it, it's like a slot machine. You might get just a, a little cash reward, a little XP reward, basically. You might get a random treasure that, if you collect sets, you can trade in for things like the bunny ears. In theory, I love this, but can you guys think of any reason that this might not work? Like, how does that sound to you? Does that does that raise any red flags for you guys? Well, so it's so it's just all random. I mean, yep, it's random. It's a, it's like a it's like a slot machine pull. Yeah, I don't know if I would get into that because I don't know. We could just keep come up with the same thing every time. I guess like that would drive you crazy. The randomness, like I think it, to- I think it would. Okay. Lost Planet 2. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. Lost Planet 2 did something similar, but Lost Planet 2, you were basically collecting tokens for a pull, for literally a pull on oh, a slot. So, yeah, how would you do a run if it's random or whatever? Basically? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I hate. Like, in theory, I like it. A lot of times you get something that's worthless. One of the things that's not in Lost Planet 2 is you know immediately what you got. But here's what really drives me crazy about it. I'm playing a co-op game, and suddenly one of these chests appears. Only one of us gets it. Furthermore, it might be across the map to where we're having to stay in one place and cooperate to stay alive. Now we've got to break that down, cross the map, and scramble to see who gets to the chest first. Suddenly I'm at odds with you guys, and I'm okay with you guys dying and us failing the mission if I get to that chest. Like, it drives me crazy when there's game when there's meta incentive to break the gameplay for instance almost like like leveling up pistols in battlefield 3 if my teammate is sitting there fighting with his pistol because he wants to get certain a certain number of kills on the pistol to get an accessory i understand why he's doing that but it kind of breaks the gameplay and it drives me a little crazy he should be using his best gun to support me that's a minor issue but when you do this in a co-op game with just like three of us in a game i just i think that's such a bad decision uh, 
So I really wanted to get my – they're not bunny ears. They're cat ears. Elena can get cat ears, uh, Elena <laughs> Fisher. I really, really want those, and I just feel like to get them, I'm just going to have to screw over my teammates <laughs> in, in co-op. Uh, and I, I just think that's a that's a tactical error for how to design the game. Sure. Yeah, that's a strange. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, McMaster, your game of the week, Uncharted Three. Uh, I, I'm kind of excited for the area you're about to get to play. I'll, I'll be curious if you liked it as much as I did. Uh, it but looks, then, you know, if it's the airship stuff, which I'm imagining it is, uh, I'm I look forward to it as well because it it looks pretty cool. Airships. Uh, so a, a lot of times when somebody oh. knows a spoiler about a game that's wrong, I, I don't want to disabuse them of it because I like <laughs> the idea of them thinking something like that is coming up. But I, there's no airships in Uncharted 3. I thought there was like a, a plane or an airship or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I think, like, I think that's not it, though. Okay, so I know what hard it is. Because there's yeah, only two that it really could be, I guess. So right, I'm like sure. an airship is like a blimp or a zeppelin or something. That, oh, okay. You, you've yeah. got that in Gears of War 3, by the way. But, uh, there's yeah, there's no airships. There is, of course, the cargo plane that everyone famously saw Harrison Ford playing in, in that video. Did you guys see that? The Japanese? No, I want to, though. Um, I want to see that. I, I saw, like, that he did a commercial for Uncharted 3 or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Japanese promotion for Uncharted 3 where they sat him down in front of the cargo plane sequence, uh, actually in a little bit before then, and he just seems completely unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I imagine That sounds MP. like Harrison Ford, yeah. It, it sounds yeah. like Harrison Ford, and I feel it's a completely appropriate reaction to Uncharted 3. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, so McMaster, you have to promise to talk more after you've finished it, how well it holds up for you or not. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying oh, yeah. it. I think you're in for the best part of the game, so uh, I look yeah, forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I do enjoy it because, like I said, it kind of hits that Indiana Jones point for right. me. But, yeah, it's it's certainly – it's no Uncharted 2. Yeah. So. All right, so what what is what are we left with for this week's podcast? Greg's game. All right, I'm excited about this. I think I know what it might be. Do you? Because uh, I'm, I'm – Pulling a, a a weird one out here. Actually. Oh, in that case, I'm more excited. Okay, what okay. do you got? Uh, uh, this is a uh, this is an odd choice. Uh, I'll fully admit it, and it, it would probably seem like a gimmick, except that I am actually enjoying it more than I uh, expected to. Um, here, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll do a little bit of a, a tease here. Uh, you probably you probably won't guess it, but we'll we'll see how far we can take this. Okay. Uh, I was reading in the, uh, the 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 bargain thread right for. Um, new games that were on sale and there's a particular game that just came out i guess in the past within the past week with a new uh downloadable content um and I, i'll be honest with you guys uh sanctum actually i just bought that in that uh um that what is it called that that pack that you can set your price for oh humble um, indie thing yeah but i, I haven't played that yet oh um but it, it is as a side note uh and i think Tom already knows this because we've had forum discussions in the past, but pretty much whenever I hear the word zombie, you know, my, my ears perk up. Right? I, I, I'm a fool for it. I'll admit it. Um, I, I know how tired they are and how overdone, like you guys oh, were saying, yeah. it's like World War II games at this point. And, and you know, to my, you know, to people, I'll say, oh, God, you're right. Uh, pff, another zombie game? Really? But inside I'm going, oh, yeah, here we go. And they just released a zombie downloadable content for this game called Train Simulator 2012. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a train sim. 
Um, I've, I had never played it. I never really wanted to play it. I, I'm not really much of a, a sim guy. They, they, they usually are pretty complicated and, you know, like the, the, the flight sims or the stuff like that, they, they kind of are over my head. Um, I like the idea of them, but they're just a lot of work seems like to me, but a train pretty straightforward, right? Just kind of go back and forth. So I, I, I bought it, you know, I figured, you know, why not? So let's see what this is, what this looks like. And the, uh, as you probably would expect, the, the zombie DLC is Pretty perfunctory. Uh, I still like it. Uh, you, you, you have this bizarre little B-movie plot where there's these few people who need to get to some secret bunker, and you have to take them from one stop to another one, and along the way learn how to drive a train. But <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of really like the train sim. It's, it's, it's relaxing, and it's just kind of you, you, you have to decide. You know, you'll go to a station, open the doors, let people in. It's, it's, it, there's really not much to it, and I kind of appreciate that. You're just taking a, a train on these tracks across uh, across England. It's a uh, English uh, countryside mostly, and um, you know I'm going through these tutorials, kind of learning how trains work, what to do, and I, it's kind of all those things that I guess I'm looking back when I was a kid and was fascinated by trains. And uh, this is oddly kind of fun. Uh, I don't know how far I'll get with it and how long it'll hold my interest, but. Uh, I just bought this a couple of days ago, and I've been going through some of the tutorials and the, the little weird little zombie uh, missions. And uh, it's 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 one of those out of nowhere games. I never would have thought to buy it, but uh, just on a fluke, picked it up, and and it's it's not bad. Okay, I've got questions. Uh, okay. I have a, I have a few comments as well. Uh, McMaster, you go first. We'll take turns working on this guy. What do you got for him, McMaster? Um. I, I have I have a warning for you, Greg. <laughs> You're, uh, did you, you get did you get this on Steam? Yeah. Did you look at the add-ons? Uh, the DLC. I don't think I have gone through all the add-ons. Well, if you expand that, the total price for all the add-ons of that game is one thousand five hundred and eighty-four dollars and fourteen cents. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? Holy yes. shit. How does that work? Yes. Well, see, the only reason I know this is I'm a big Steam sale guy. So I, like, spend all my time going through the sales. And one time, or a couple of times, they've had the train simulator pack on a deal. And it's, like, something like 50% off. And it's like, yes, I only have to pay $800 for everything in this pack, you know? <laughs> and so it's, uh, yeah, it really struck me because, you know, everything's like, yeah, this game's, like, 80% off. It's like $2, and then, yeah, $700. Wait, hold on. McMaster, you're obviously exaggerating. Are you talking about, like, is this if you buy all the train sim? Is it like buying every single Microsoft Flight Simulator and all the add-ons? Is it like that kind of thing? There have just been so many iterations of the game? No, 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 no. Let me explain. Here. Uh, Here's an add-on for the Class 455 chassis. It's $20. Uh, Here's an add-on for the Class 31. That's uh, eighteen ninety nine. Wow! Uh, it's just like all these crazy, like different trains and stuff that you can add on to it. And they so it's like appealing to like model train builders to that mentality, oh, like collecting. Yeah, it's it's uh, appealing to train like yeah, like uh, rivet counters. Right. Enthu- let's call them enthusiasts. Sure. <laughs> train so, so yeah, like it's uh, you know the first one's free. That's all I'm saying. Just uh, remember. I, that, that, <laughs> that blows my mind. I, yeah, it really blew my mind too. Um, it's uh, just like 
Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it here. You're right. There's so much stuff here that costs between oh, 20 and 40 bucks. It's absolutely nuts, isn't it? Like, you see all these add-ons, you think, oh, surely they're a dollar or two, but they're like 20 to $40. <laughs> wow. All right, well, the, the question I have, Greg, Yeah. Uh, what you've described sounds all good and well, but uh, what is the... Where's the gameplay? Like, what? Uh, I explain to me what you have to do. In uh... so there, there, there are certain sort of um, uh, routes you can run. So they'll say, uh, and then they have a difficulty attached to them. And I haven't gotten into the upper difficulties, which I think probably involves stuff like you got to get to a station, uh, unload passengers, load passengers, get to another one within a certain time. Because I mean, the only real challenge involved here is you know you you. Put the gas on, and if you go too fast, apparently you can jump the tracks. I haven't managed to yes. do that yet, but I, I do intend to try. Um, <laughs> but you, you can, you can, you know, do like full throttle, head on out, um, and, and you know, you bring it to a stop, and obviously trains, you know, stop on a time, and you know, you, you bring it into a little green zone and open the doors and close the doors and put the gas back on. So I mean, the, the gameplay is, it's, it's not complex. I mean, it's not if, – if you want to do something uh, like all these fiddly dials and stuff, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's, a, it's a straightforward – like I say, it's, it's, it's kind of relaxing, which, I don't know, it oddly appeals to me. Um, well, so what, you're, it, what you're describing makes me think, are, are you talking about like full-blown railroad tycoon kind of things? Like you're planning routes and setting your consists and whatnot? No, no, you don't, you don't build no, anything. No, no, that's it, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, what I was going to say is, like, these expansion packs, like, it's not just a train, to be fair to the company. It's also, like, a couple of scenarios and a route to follow. So, you know, some of these, like, for instance, if you look at the P42DC Genesis add-on, it's like you, you know, you'd actually run its route, and it comes with the exact cars and, you know, the scenario and everything. So it's a little bit more, but it's, you know, it's still kind of, like, $1,600 $1,600 worth of expansions is still noteworthy. <laughs> so then I guess because it's not a flight simulator, because it's literally on rails, uh, are the graphics amazing? Like, do they just do a great job with creating terrain and scenery? Not really. What? <laughs> uh, it's 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 trees and uh, a, station, a station that you'll pull up to, and there's people, um, and they just look like, you know, sort of walking back and forth, maybe check their watch occasionally. But, I, you know, and I don't have all the settings cranked up. I don't even know if you can crank up the settings, to be honest with you. But uh, it's 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 pretty plain. Well, you're not, you're, there's not, like, you're not going through cities just brimming with traffic and whatnot? Like, they don't take advantage of all that? I guess trains don't generally do that a lot, do they? I haven't seen a city yet. Um, you but might I've, be able to. Uh, there might, but I know I have had to like cross uh, railroad crossings, you know, and you have to kind of watch. That. I haven't seen anyone actually try to run the tracks in front of me, although that would be kind of fun too. Um, but the cars will pull up alongside and stop and wait for you to go by in a train. It's you know, it's it's low key. Okay, I have to ask. See, it says there's four scenarios in the zombie pack. Have you tried these scenarios? I have successfully gone through one of them. So Which far. one? The, the first one? Drive for your life? Drive for your life, yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. What, what do you have to do in it? Uh, so <laughs> there's, it's, it opens up, and there's a, just a little bit of character stuff. There's these few people, and there's a doc, uh, this scientist guy, and he says, Oh, dear, uh, there appears to be a zombie outbreak. People are going crazy. <laughs> we need to get to this secret bunker that's 
that's luck that's in this place wherever i don't know england so well unfortunately it says fortunately i'm one of the few people in this country who can open up that bunker and he said uh but how will we get there and then you kind of pan the camera over and there's a train oh hey can anyone drive a train and then oh wow off you go <laughs> so so you, you you'd set off from there and there's and, and you've got these uh checkpoints that you have to hit so the first one says you need to go to this station um, so I go there, and the first time I did it, I pull up to the station. I don't get any kind of indicator or source uh, sign pop up telling me what to do. Um, but instead, I was supposed to stop at the station. There's people outside, so it just kind of automatically, I, I open up the door, and that ended the scenario. Apparently, zombies got on the train and they ate all my. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tried it again. This time, I pull up to the station. And still, I don't get any kind of indicator that anything's going on, but instead, I pull away from the station this time. And as I keep going, the doctor pops up, and he's getting a cell phone call from his daughter. He says, oh, no, we, our, my daughter's back at the station. We have to go back. So you throw it into reverse, back up to the station, wait, and she, like, climbs in a window or something. It's like, okay, now we can go. So you, you head on to some other station, but uh, it dead ends there. And then you, you see at the dead end that there's some witch. I say, oh, that witch is zombified all these people i don't know how they know that but it's video game you know? Well, you know. and so what it, what we have to do then is get away so we have to back up again away from the dead end we somehow the the, the path gets changed I, I don't do that you don't have to do that yourself but when you pull forward again you move on to this other station and that's the end of the scenario <laughs> so it's not like not like there's combat there's not any um you know quick thinking that has to be on and you just you're, you're you're probably doing just the same sort of stuff you would be doing in the non-zombie scenarios except they're zombies. I guess. So I want to know how you can have zombie DLC on a train game without plowing the train through a, a mass of zombies. I'm hoping that's in there because right. I have. I did notice as I was going along that there were these. There was a train on the opposite track facing the other direction that was stopped and smoking, and there was zombies sort of crowded around it. So I, I, I don't know. You know that that was just like something little piece of atmosphere, but uh, I'm hoping maybe I'll get a chance to plow through some zombies. Maybe that'll be the payoff. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining the scene in, is it Resident Evil Extinction, where Oded Fair, that, that Arabic actor, gets in a big old semi and has to ram through a crowd of zombies to get to the desert base. Do you guys know that scene? No. I don't think yeah. I saw that one. All right, well, yeah. you didn't miss much, but anyway... I, I want something like that, like with a train. Uh, so maybe that'll be the payoff for you, Greg. I hope that's waiting for you. Uh, that would be awesome. I would like to say that uh, it, the zombie pack, according to Steam, includes a Halloween-themed scenario pack, including zombie and witch figures and glowing pumpkins. And, and the zombies are a little bit of a letdown because they're just green people. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Well, that's what zombies kind of are, I guess. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> uh, all right, so... I am immediately thinking, where is the unstoppable scenario? That that Tony Scott movie where Chris <laughs> Pine and Denzel Washington have to uh, save, is it Scranton, Pennsylvania, from toxic waste? First of all, you need that scenario, right? Yeah, yeah, that's probably down in this list somewhere. What about the unbreakable scenario where you drive Bruce Willis and you crash and he's the only one that survives? <laughs> Very good, McMaster. Uh <laughs> There's a, a Brad Anderson movie called, I think it's Trans-Siberia, where Woody Harrelson, oh, who plays his wife? Anyway, a couple is going across Siberia on some train, and they run afoul of Ben Kingsley, who plays the bad guy. Uh-huh. Uh, 
And the big resolution is that Woody Harrelson, because he's a train enthusiast, knows how to drive the train. And that saves the day. Uh, I saw a horror movie about a train where if you get on it, uh, they harvest your organs. Oh, is that the uh, is that the midnight meat train? No, no, but there's that. That's a, that's technically about a subway. That's based oh, that's on right. Clive Barker's. Uh, that's a Clive Barker story starring Bradley Cooper before he was famous as Bradley Cooper. That's uh, right. Uh, but that's a good one. If, if you you'd have to do cities though, because it was all about this like mysterious urban, like this killer on this mysterious subway line. Um, but yeah, no, like, this was about. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I liked that movie. I, I didn't think of it until you said that, but that was what. If you like seeing Ted Raimi's eyeball popped out. <laughs> oh, I love Ted Raimi. I'd hate to see his eyeball get popped out. Well, then you might not want to see Midnight. You know it's. It's so sad for Ted Raimi. He gets killed in so many movies. That's his shtick. I'm sure he's quite happy with it. That's a, he's he's good at it. Uh, no, the, there, there's one I saw where it's a it's rural. It, it's it's the Soviet Union. It's one of those cheapy horror movies made in Russia. And the idea is this train. When you get on it, they harvest your organs, and all the passengers on this train are sick people waiting for those organs to be harvested. So when when the the thugs have like captured you and they're going to take you into the organ room and dissect you and because it's a horror movie, you get away and you run into the passenger car. None of them helps you because they're all waiting for your organs. So you, I forget what that was even called, but you could have that that scenario. Yeah. Well, these guys have suck. got a whole untapped market here. Greg, uh, I think I'm afraid you're like just a, a, a thin line away from playing Ship Simulator. Oh, no. I, I might if it had zombies on it. Oh, <laughs> where are the zombies? The zombies would just like float aimlessly, though. Like yeah, they're like <laughs> longshoremen or something. Right, what was what was that like? Um, Event Horizon on a boat movie. What was that with the dude from uh, the Men Behaving Badly? <laughs> Rob Schneider? No, the other dude, the blonde one that no one knows. <laughs> No one um, knows him. I love that. I want to see this movie. You have to think. Of it. <laughs> God, what is, it was. It was a big release. God, what was it called? Was it the one with uh, with Treat Williams that had the big snake or whatever? What yeah, Deep Rising. Uh, there's Deep, Deep Rising. Rising and there's Leviathan, which is the Peter Weller one. No, this oh, yeah. one's like Event Horizon, except on a boat. Is it Ghost yeah. Ship? With Ghost? that might be it. Yeah. Then there's the one with Juliana Margulis and Gabriel Byrne as tugboat captains. Yes, that's actually it, yeah. Uh, and then there's one, I think, with Jamie Lee Curtis and some... Maybe she's yeah. in that one. Oh, that's, uh, uh, that's Virus. I remember that one. Wow, very good, Pogue. Yeah. I, when you when you roll out those awesome movie things, I think of you as Pogue Mahone. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I, that's, it's a, I've seen a lot of... A whole hell of a lot of B-movies. See, there's all these opportunities to make Train Simulator and Ship Simulator uh, like for guys like us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they certainly managed to push my buttons with this. I would not have bought this train simulator game otherwise. So just to clarify, this is leading up to what your game of the week is, right? You didn't actually pick Train Simulator 2012 as your game of the week? Uh, exactly. Um, my game of the week is Batman. Batman I thought you were playing. So you're playing Arkham City, and yet you still picked... <laughs> Uh, train simulator. That's, that's fair, because the game of the week doesn't necessarily have to be the one you like the most or the best game, just, of course, the one you want to talk about. Well, I figured you guys might be tired of talking about Batman. Here's my problem, uh, just a, a quick tangent, with Batman Arkham City. Uh, 
anytime I'm in recent game conversations, I feel the need to bring that up as an example of how another game should have done something. For instance, I think of the hand-to-hand fighting in Uncharted 3. That yeah. works fine, but then I think of Batman Arkham City. <laughs> like, wait, that's that that game has sort of become this like high water mark. Where yeah, I'm, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Batman Arkham City is the best fighting game. You know, I mean, it really is. But even for other things, like world design, for instance, what's the open world game of Infinity? Oh, things like Driver. But I think of like open world design. Even looking at like Grand Theft Auto Five and thinking about what they've done. I, I think Arkham City has done just such a great job of building things like level traversal into into an open world and and the leveling system. And I just I my problem with talking about Batman Arkham City is there's almost no time when you're talking about video games that you can't also talk about Batman Arkham City as an example of how something should be done. Uh, yeah. So I have a feeling we'll be talking about that game for a long time to come on this podcast. Yeah, I've got to just I got to get further in the game, I guess. All right, so tell us what, uh, without getting too spoilery, like, do you have a sense for how far along you are? Oh, not very far. I mean, I just, I just rescued the Catwoman, and that's like the first thing you do. Oh yeah, yeah, you're really at the beginning, sure. Uh, do I get any like Batman geek points because I bought the Nightwing DLC? I say I bought it. I had to actually contact the PR company and and beg for a download code because I am unable to now buy DLC because my Xbox Live account got hacked. But happened a lot lately it looks it is. Yeah, I was gonna buy the Nightwing DLC before it got hacked. I did got hacked. So they so I uh rats, so you're just as much of a Batman geek as I am, McMaster. (laughs) Even more so. Because I actually did buy it. Oh, good point. <laughs> and I bought the special edition of the, the collector's edition, so I've got a Batman statue. You know what? Yeah, what? How big is that thing? Can I have it? <laughs> You'll just throw it away. I can't give you it. <laughs> I don't think I would throw that away. I might actually keep that. The horror stories. <laughs> a, a cog in the trash. That's right. <laughs> Do you know what, McMaster? I think I'm going to have to cede the uh, the high level Batman Geek Award to you. That's that's good that you've got that you've done both. Well, uh, and I'm not the greatest, but uh, yeah, I, I'm quite a fan. Greg, so do you have the Catwoman missions? I think you have to get like a. Actually, does the downloadable code come with every copy of the game for Catwoman well, missions? Uh, so I, pre-orders, I, I, yeah, or, or what? Yeah, no, that is that's their uh, that's their online pass basically. Okay. Yeah, I, I did get some kind of Catwoman code that I entered, but I, I don't know what that got me. Okay. Did you do? Did you have a fight at the beginning as Catwoman? Yes. Okay, that's the one what where got she's you. trying to steal a thing. Oh, I just thought that was sort of the prologue of the game. It adds all that in. Like uh-huh. there's four there's four missions that it intersperses throughout the game when you do that. So. Oh. And you can also use Catwoman in the challenge and predator mission stuff as right. well. Right. That's unique. Right. Yeah. yeah, and for some of us, we can use Nightwing if we want. Yeah. Huh. Nightwing's actually pretty neat. I like the uh, I like the downloadable maps too. Um, Wait, so we don't get? Uh, I think you mentioned this. You explained this to me before, McMaster, and I forgot. We don't get Robin. Is that right? Like, unless you buy it at a certain retailer, that's you... like a Best Buy, I think. Okay. Did you and get I... that stuff, Greg? Like, did you get any specific retailer bonuses when you bought it? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, don't they usually like end up? letting people buy those things you know I, I, mean? I just want to say i hope so yeah i think you're probably right is that with, yeah that's what i'm hoping yeah. yeah they did that with the uh, new vegas stuff i think because they had some uh 
retailer specific stuff and right. ended up just releasing everything to everybody. Right. You know, I uh, actually think the Robin Pack has some weird side scroller missions in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> that was, I really think there's. I heard something like that. I could be wrong, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I think there should be a train simulator Batman mission. <laughs> and I think you should get the Bat Train. It's be the end of Batman Begins where he's fighting Ra's al Ghul on the uh, train that's going to crash in the middle of the city with all the, like, Scarecrow uh, it's got like gas. one ball on it or something. Very good, McMaster. Well done. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> I, would, I would play that game. Uh, awesome. is, McMaster, is there a Bat Train, by the way? <laughs> Not as far as I know. There's probably Bat just about everything else. Um no matter how ridiculous, but I, I haven't seen a bat train. All right, but in the old, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, West, the old uh, TV Adam show. Adam West. Yeah. yeah. There's quite there a bat train in there. Yeah. Well, that's where Mister Freeze comes from. It's a Batman TV show. Uh, that really the the cheesy one? He's not even from the comic books. No, no, he was an invention of the Batman TV show. That's why it was funny when it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. What else? Uh, so one of the things I do like about Arkham City, though. Or was I wrong? There was uh, – I could be wrong. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, you can well, you can open the little uh, Batpedia or whatever it's called and read the bios, and it lists what issue of the comics a character comes from. So it, it's been, to me, interesting to see, like, you meet someone and, like, okay, at what point in the timeline, you know, at what era did this guy arrive? Because Batman began in the, I guess, the 40s. So it's interesting to see, okay, who showed up in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s? Like, who are the new uh, additions? Like, Harley Quinn, I think we all know who she is. She's very familiar. But she's a fairly recent addition herself, isn't she? Yeah, she, she was invented for the cartoon, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, oh, even that okay. kind of thing. Like realizing, you know what? She didn't come from the old comics or from any of the Frank Miller stuff. She's like from the TV show. I, I think uh, that's kind of cool. Just that the, this mythos has has all these different sources that have that have added to it. So uh, yeah, I love that they use the the same voices from that cartoon show because I used to. That was on when I was. I think it was on when I was in college, and I would always try to make sure I didn't arrange a, a class to be on, um, going on while when the Batman show was on. Ah, so you you were a Batman fan before the games? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember I liked animated the, uh, series. Is pretty I, I, I liked the. I think I liked that best. I didn't. I didn't read much of the comics, but uh, I did actually. I did like the uh, the Tim Burton movies. I think yeah, maybe maybe that was the first time I paid attention to Batman. Well, they had that great set design. But that's really what Tim Burton's for. I mean, yeah. All right. All right, so uh, not as good as Train Simulator 2012, according to Greg, <laughs> a.k.a. Pogue Mahone, a.k.a. Dive, Dive, Dive. Uh, by the way, where does Dive, Dive, Dive come from? Because I love that as a, as a gamer tag. It's, it's, like oh, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, to be honest with you, I, when I first joined Xbox, the, 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 tag, the, the name that I wanted, uh, it wouldn't let me. I wanted to do uh, Amazing Sea Monkey. But you know somebody <laughs> somebody took that, so um, and then Pokemon Home is gone uh, naturally, and so I, I just went with some randomly generated um, name, and what it came back with me was uh, Thousand Knives. I said, oh, that sounds kind of cool. That's kind of badass. <laughs> and then I, my wife saw it, and she's like, well, that makes you sound like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So I got to change that. So it was late one night, uh, way late. I was really tired, and I thought. 
Oh, what do I like? And for some reason, I was thinking about submarine movies. You know, like uh, I don't know any any submarine movie. And I thought, Dos oh, Boots. yeah, yeah, I love Das Boot, Hunt for Red Great. October. Um, the one about the that takes place after World War Three around Australia. The uh, I don't remember on the beach on the beach. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, 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 I'll, it's it's like zombies for me. If there's something that has submarines in it, it's got, I like oh, it. Right, right. Um, so I just I thought dive dive dive. So I'd check see if it's taken. That's me. That's very good. I, I actually at this point I, I like it better than Pope Mahone. I've considered changing my my forum <laughs> name, but uh, then I think uh, everybody's gonna be like, oh, who's this new jerk? Right. So <laughs> I don't do it. All right. Uh, uh, the only one I, I there's a there's a forum name someone is ha 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 bonk. <laughs> which I, I love that that's up there with dive dive dive, <laughs> as far as using the same word over and over again to comic effect. Uh, so, all right, well, well, Greg, thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh, I am really glad you picked something weird. I was more than happy to talk about some more Arkham City, but uh, I'm glad to hear from someone who's actually played Train Simulator. Which to me is always like a punchline. It's <laughs> like not a real yeah. game. That's a punchline. So, uh, so thanks for taking the bullet on that. Yep, yep. I took the hit. All right. I may have to try. Uh, McMaster, what are we going to do? do? Do we actually, McMaster, know who our guest is next week? Can we tease that or not? Yeah, hang on a second, and I'll tell you. Uh, our next week's guest is. Hang on. Um, Wade forty two. Ah, yes. Wade will be here. Okay, good. Join us, and we will talk with him. McMaster, what else will we be talking about next week? Um, I imagine Modern Warfare 3. Oh, that's um, right. That's great. Do tune in for that, because uh, I can, I can, uh, the embargo will be lifted, and I can hold forth at length. Good point. Yes, what else? And we will be talking about Skyrim, because it will be coming out. And, uh, yeah, and we'll be talking about games, news, and posts. All right, so join us for that. I've been Tom Chick, joined by Jason P. McMaster and Greg, a.k.a. George, a.k.a. Pogue Mahone, a.k.a. Dive, Dive, Dive. Thanks for being here, Greg. You bet. It was a ton of fun, guys. All right, we'll see everyone next week. Take care. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, all night Sunday, Central. From the first to the last of it, delivery is passionate. The whole and not the half of it, forecasting after the map of it, project all the number last of what accurate.